Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Stacks. This is Jay. And I'm Shanagator. Ooh. <laughs> I knew I was going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a correction just to begin with from last week. Uh, we talked a bit about Dazed and Confused. Uh, not a Cameron Crowe picture. That's Richard Linklater, different uh, great oh. 90s uh, tour guy. Uh, you you know Linklater. Oh, probably yes. best for Slacker or uh, Boyhood. Both kind of mm. big uh, acclaimed indie films. I, I don't uh, know if yeah, I've seen guy. Slacker, but definitely saw Boyhood. That was uh, mm-hmm. that was a hell of a thing. Yeah, uh, Slacker is really great movie. It's sort of I, I guess it's his first feature, and it's just like wandering around austin's weird culture for a day uh it's just it's got tons and tons of different characters because there's no storyline it's just we follow this guy taking a taxi from the airport and you know he's giving this monologue and then he comes into town and just the camera follows someone else out of the scene and it just like follows a different character for a bit and everywhere and that's just sort of how it moves from place to place it just goes okay. through the course of a day it's really fun what? neat uh but our main picture or our first picture anyways this week is the second yokai monsters film spook warfare <laughs> i love this one uh this this movie basically everything that i remembered not liking about the first movie this movie does the opposite of it yeah this is one of those sequels that's like we've taken your feedback <laughs> like <laughs> everything that we uh were like eh, we wanted more monsters we wanted more stories with the monsters we wanted a bit more time with all of those cool designs and we get them here the humans are barely in this movie and when they are it's just to have the monsters do things to them yeah or to like ask the monsters for help if they're pure yeah. of heart uh, so this is from 1968, uh, directed by Yoshiyuki Kuroda. Uh, we get yokai right from the opening credits. Before the opening credits, we have the flame yokai playing around mm-hmm. uh, on a black screen with just really ominous music before the title appears. So I, I love when movies do that thing where you just have like nothing going on, nothing going on, and then just all of a sudden... The title and all the copyright information just shows up in like big, like just covering the screen with like the musical sting and it's like, like Gamera does it, this does it. Um, Yeah, it's sort of a a classic uh, 60s Japanese horror thing. You just have the and then, you know, boom, title fills the screen in big red block letters. Uh, I, I. uh, on a like totally black screen that we just have like a couple flame yokai flitting about. Yep. <laughs> Super cool. Uh, and we flash back thousands of years ago in ancient Babylonia, which interestingly is the same opening as The Exorcist. Oh really? I yeah. I don't remember that. It's been so long since I saw The Exorcist. Uh yeah, so it's they're they're well, kind it's of been being a few hun- years anyway. Yeah, they're, they're sort of being haunted by a, a variation on a Captain Howdy. Uh, here he's more of uh, someone who might be working for Rita Repulsa version. <laughs> I, I kind of figured, no, he's more like Rita Repulsa tier. 
Yeah, I guess he's maybe more of a contemporary. Yeah, he he kind of reminded me of uh, Lord Zed, the villain from the second uh, True True Power Rangers yeah. movie. Like they don't look the same, really, but same kind of vibe. Similar energy. Uh-huh. So it's the it's ancient Babylonia, the ruins of Ur, the capital, and it's just sand filled with skeletons. <laughs> <laughs> The, the narrator tells us a violent monster began hibernating in the ruins, and someone had prophesied that it would awake in 4,000 years. Uh, and yep. it's just lost to time, I guess. Like, we, we don't know who, and we also just forget the prophecy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the prophecy's just... I mean, 4,000 years is a lot of time to uh, lose what might have just been a scrap of paper. I guess, but it's it's a prophecy of a, a giant curse. That's the sort of thing that you need to be really aware of, especially on True. this sort of thing. Everyone has a curse on uh, an area where everyone died and, like, just there's skeletons in the ruins. Yeah, that's true. Although this sort this thing sort of happened anyway in all of these real-life places, this is sort of parallel to, I guess, uh the period where people started raiding the Egyptian tombs, uh, which is basically what this is. And we see treasure hunters raiding the ruins in uh, what is the present day for the movie. Yeah, which is like 17 or 1800s. Yeah, something like that. And and that's around the time, I guess, where uh, there, there really started to be a market uh, for uh, stolen treasures from uh, Egyptian uh, pyramids and so forth. Yeah, yeah, I guess it would be around there because that's when – that's like around when – well, no, it's still before like all those adventure novels and stuff. A little bit, more but like, they, they sort of generated together. Uh, but like uh, there, there's the whole Egyptomania, which is I guess circa 18th century. I, I'm not really sure exactly, but I, I think that's sort of when this is supposed to be set. This is sort of uh, definitely past uh, yeah, oh yeah, uh, for sure. It's it's very much the same setting as we're getting with uh, our Yakuza films with uh, Zatoichi. Yeah, it's in that same kind of era. Yeah, and and that's kind of the whole idea with it is to set them in an existing genre film setting. To like, all right, here we are in like a typical Yakuza movie from you know this era and. Now we just add monsters to it. And that was certainly what they did with the first one. This one's like, and now we just make monsters the topic of it. Yeah, just take out the Yakuza stuff. Yeah, we'll just have monsters take over all of the Yakuza stuff. They'll they'll just inhabit everybody that needs to be inhabited. Mm -hmm. So, of course, treasure hunters are raiding the ruins of Ur. And one of them finds this really gnarly axe with a dragon head handle. Oh, yeah, just sticking out of the wall, um, just begging for somebody to pull it out. Bonus. Please, pull me out. Definitely won't release an evil spirit if you do. And, like, cave in the whole place. Oh, yeah. Uh, It it starts caving in. Uh, Also, just this dark supernatural cloud shoots lightning directly at them. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Okay, so day turns to night. (laughs) Yeah, instant nightfall. Yeah, and 
uh, teal smoke starts coming out of a crack in the toes of like this giant statue. Like they drop the axe and just this teal smoke starts coming out. <laughs> and I'm not clear on exactly what happens here. It seems like the statue itself comes alive. And um, the statue does seem to be of our of our guy uh, who we won't learn for a really long time is named Damon, but he's named Damon. <laughs> Damon, I I actually guessed he was like something like uh, Pazuzu or something at first. Well, yeah, exactly. L- like I'm saying with uh, the Exorcist, he kind of is the same uh, spirit and has that sort of look to him. Uh, he's a winged, ancient, uh, evil god, or mm-hmm. demon in this case, I guess, is, is what we're supposed to take. And so, yeah, he's, you know, th- this is kind of yokai versus the exorcist. Yeah, but he also super looks like a Power Rangers villain. He really does. Uh, very rubbery head. Uh, I, I, He's got, like, the bird legs. Uh, he's got just sort of wings suit, but like it's it's more just like feathering uh, between the the chest and arm. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and like he's got like the big bulky uh, armor plating. And you know the, the the gnarly axe with the dragon head that breathes fire, of course, which is so rad. And it changes size and form occasionally. Necessarily, and so yep. can he. And he oh, flies. Yes. Yes, he, he flies, flies, but like he's not, and he's sort of winged, but like he doesn't like flap wings or anything. He just, you know, just rises straight up, up or he, yeah. you know, goes horizontal and moves under his own power. Again, very Power Rangersy. Oh, yeah. He also controls wind and I think fire. He's yeah. able to like start fires. Um, he can do a lot of stuff. Like, yeah, a lot of it seems to be powered by the staff, especially. Mm hmm. Or like the staff is the the nexus of his power, uh, but yeah, like like the source of it, or yeah, right. So he he comes alive and he gestures, and the whole place comes down. All of the treasure hunters are crushed to death, and he rises into the sky. And his next stop, this one noble lord's house of Japan. Oh. There's a toy boat on the way. <laughs> oh right, yes, yes, toy boat. <laughs> Uh, just a wash in the waves, uh, and I I believe the implication is he is causing the storm. Right. Yes. Because he's like flying above, and we just see them get washed over. We see the boat just uh, tip over sideways completely, and then we cut to these people fishing on the beach. And these are our main human characters, such as it is. Such as it is. They're. Yeah, we don't really have a main human character. There's, I think, a samurai and a girl, and they're main in that they're the only humans. The, the Kappa's the main character. It's not these guys. The Kappa is definitely the main character. There is one human who is necessarily protected through the entire thing, uh, who's one of these people, Chie, Lady Chie. Mm-hmm. Uh there is Saheji, who is important briefly as her protector and then as one of the main antagonists. And there's uh, the there's Lord Magistrate, yeah, who's her, her, her dad. dad, I think. Yeah. Yeah. 
And th that's the three of them who are here on the beach. And I don't really recall ever getting the Lord Magistrate's name. I just know he was the Lord Magistrate. He, yeah, we did, we did get his name, but eh. Yeah, it, it just, it didn't matter. It, it doesn't come up. He's just the Lord Magistrate. He is a figurehead. He's just a, a king gone mad. Actually, he's no the the Lord Magistrate was a good guy before. I know. All the shit happened. Oh, oh, I see. You know, that's the plot of the movie. He he uh, plays a king gone mad, except you know monsters. Right, right. Uh, right. It, you know, it's Lear, but monsters. Uh, so he is he he goes off on a quick patrol and sends the other guys home because like this terrifying giant animated black cloud appears around the edge of the cove. <laughs> Very unreal looking uh, cloud, just, you know, black animation showing up on the horizon. It's like, oh, we better go home. Yeah, scary shit. <laughs> scary shit. This, this living on an is island. actually pretty yeah. scary. Yeah. Well, living on an island as well, just seeing a cloud like that come up on the horizon is like, yeah, let's uh, let's get out of here. <laughs> let's not be anywhere near the coast for a while. Yeah. So the two of them go home, uh, Saheji and Chie, and the Lord Magistrate goes on patrol, and he is accosted by our winged man. And then he just kind of gets transported into another dimension for a moment. Yeah, that's another thing that our guy can do is just kind of have have people be in this weird dark dimension is just like okay we're here now and, and it's like really subtle really like like a transition sort of thing like they just kind of fade into this place and he does it a few times yeah and it seems to be like the storehouse of where he keeps all his uh the the wretched souls of who whom he's destroyed because Notably, when our uh, Lord Magistrate is stumbling through this, he's among the wrecked sails of that boat uh, in this, like, sand dune. Mm. And, like, we just saw him capsize that boat, so now, like, this boat is part of this uh, weird alternate universe landscape. Okay, cool, cool. So the the Lord Magistrate's just slashing wildly with his sword, and then the wingman appears and just a flash, and they face off. Uh, yeah, the, the Lord Magistrate doesn't do so great. No, uh, the the sword just instantly breaks on the axe. <laughs> yep, <laughs> just and, snaps right in half. Yeah, and this is when we also learn that the axe can breathe fire. Yep. So he's he's pretty much ruined right away. Uh, and the wingman uh, notably chomps his neck. We just see blood spattering all the way down to his hands. It's, it's surprisingly gruesome. It is, yeah, it's gross. But, I mean, it's also red paint, but it's also pretty, pretty it's gruesome. Fake. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, this guy's got, like, well, or he's got me thinking he's got vampire powers at this point. He is certainly vampiric in that, like, he does... Uh, drink people's blood, and he does consume people that way uh, as well. Although in this Although he case, also, but he he's does possessing. enslave people. Do well, that's no, what he's, he's doing here. Yeah, he's he is possessing. He is both consuming and possessing this guy. Yeah, yeah. He he's got a few different ways to control people. It's it's kind of scary. This guy's pretty op. True, but like. The the neck chomp is kind of his primary method, and so there yeah. there is a definite like vampire 
concept here and you know with the 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 flying the sort of wings he is kind of an unusual uh quasi vampire character but like outside of japanese myth oh yeah yeah outside of well outside of european myth too i'm pretty sure because he, he's not yeah yeah i mean, well, I mean he, babylonian yeah, I mean, he's sort of based on a bunch of things. Obviously, he is based in vampire traditions, and he's kind of more of a South American one. Like, there are bird Actually, gods yeah. like a Quetzalcoatl. He does kind of remind me of that, too. Uh, but yeah, so he chomps him. <laughs> but then right away, he just gets back up. The Lord Magistrate, like, after we see him get chomped, we see him just get back up and the sword reassemble itself. Yeah, it just like the the broken part just starts shaking, just goes toward the thing, and yeah, just fixes itself like immediately. And the Lord Magistrate starts acting completely different. Yeah, he it's clear that he is now possessed, or yeah. that he is either being controlled by him, or his body is just now being used by him, which is the case. Mm-hmm. Because we cut home and we see Chie and Saheji again, and they're petting a Sheba. This <laughs> <laughs> adorable little puppy. <laughs> and there was like, I wonder what happened to father. And then the dog starts barking and baring its teeth. And for, it, there, there's this really creepy shot of the Lord Magistrate just like ominously standing in shadow in the garden. <laughs> So uh, the dog won't stop barking, and he just fucking slashes it to death. Yeah, and they're like, whoa, father, that's, uh, what the fuck are you doing? And he immediately just, like, goes inside. He starts wrecking up the temple. He's like, burn everything. All of these are false gods. Wait, wait, you mean the, the gods are, the god like, these are tainted or the gods are tainted? He's like, it's all tainted. It's all bad. Burn everything. And Everett kind of just freaks out. It's like, uh, what is going on? Yeah, and he's like, the guy, the magistrate's just like shouting at everybody. And yeah, and they just don't really know what's going on. And that, so yeah. we get introduced to our one other semi notable human character, Shin Pacino, uh, who is sent to take care of Chie. So we've got our bodyguard guard character. He's the only other character who matters. Yeah, yeah. Sort of. Sort of. Sort of matters. <laughs> and Saheji goes to the Lord Magistrate. And he's like, what happened? What's, what's going on here? And Lord Magistrate immediately starts slashing at him. Uh, and a piece of furniture is sent flying into the pond in the middle of the... Uh, <laughs> in the middle of the courtyard and it lands right on the head of the local yokai. Yep. So the Lord magistrate had a Kappa uh, living in his pond the whole time, I guess, mm-hmm. which, you know, I, I guess in, in their, in Japanese mythology, all things have spirits living in them. So I get, I thought it was unusual when I saw it, but now that I think about it for 10 seconds, no, it makes sense. I like his design. Uh, you know, <laughs> A lot of the basics, but, you know, the lily pad head is really nice. Yeah. We got the beak. We got the turtle shell. Of course, it's sort of a leotard front, kind of like a quasi proto ninja turtle thing. Yeah, yeah. But like with, yeah, with like a cool, not as emotive as a Muppet, but 
Right. But, it's, but it all because it has to also be waterproof. So, but it's pretty good. I like yeah. it. Yeah, it's pretty good. And like they all are kind of Muppety. There, there is a, a Henson Productions kind of feel to a lot of these yokai. Like a lot of them would totally fit in in like Labyrinth or Dark Crystal. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the Kappa is able to see through the illusion of the Lord Magistrate. He just sees that's like, huh, this is some strange winged man. Uh, and I, I really like his manner of speaking because it, it's kind of surprising that just like it's like what the hell <laughs> some <laughs> villain disguised as someone <laughs> I, I i really like just the the phrasing of that that some villain disguised as someone that like this is the lord of the house that he lives in and he doesn't even know who the hell this guy is like who is this? <laughs> what's going on out here i my pond is in a lord magistrate's house that's cool <laughs> And <laughs> who knows how long this dude's been asleep in the pond? Yeah, th- this just woke him up, and now he, it's all something he has to deal with. Yep, I, I like the way that he tries to deal with it here. He's like, "I'm gonna shoot water at you." Well, first he watches yeah. as uh, the winged man he turns his staff into the dragon axe because it's it's temporarily the the staff when he's. Uh, the Lord Magistrate to everybody else. And he just gestures and Zaheji becomes unconscious and he chomps him and then duplicates his spirit into the second body, which is very important because mm-hmm. uh, the 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 divided soul is, is something that's going to come up later, of course. Because, you know, this guy needs more abilities. He can do everything. He, he's he got a do, Superman sort of thing. He can do... He can do a lot. He can do a lot. Yeah, so now Saheji is like, all right, everybody, get in line. Wreck up these temples. What are you doing wasting everybody's time here? Yeah, how come you haven't done it yet? Weren't you going to talk to the magistrate and see what's up? Yeah, what's up is we're destroying this shit. Yeah, so get on with it, you jerks. And I'm not going to have anything from you either, Chie. Yeah, I'm a jerk now. Oh, why are you a jerk, Saheji? I'm possessed by a monster. He's like, oh, I see. That that's kind of just how it is. Yeah. <laughs> and now the the kappa comes out of the wa- water and he's he's spying around. He's wandering and then he spits at uh our our uh our evil guy. Yeah. <laughs> and the spits at like his water out of from behind, like 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 a stream of water. That just curves around and splashes him right back into the face. And uh, Damon turns around. He's like, what do you want, you filthy bastard? (laughs) (laughs) Like, like what even is this thing trying to shoot water at me? I like I was just so amazed with, again, the lingo of it. That is, what do you want, you filthy bastard? It felt just (laughs) a little more adult, but also like it, it felt like wrestlers taunting each other and and with the rubber suits and everything like it Kinda. really has those power rangers vibes oh yeah like 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 the kappa he moves around like one of those uh uh the minions that they fight the putties the, the putties that's it he moves around <laughs> like one of those guys yeah and the kappa's like i'm the master of this house so beat it <laughs> <laughs> And he demonstrates that he has, like, some teleportation abilities, just, like, limited teleportation abilities. 
Mm-hmm. A lot of them seem to have a lot of they, abilities. They they yeah, tend to have a yeah. pretty broad power profile. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but the wingman most of them can teleport a bit. Yeah, I, it just seems to be one of their trades, like as as well as being able to change forms and inhabit other bodies, because they all mm-hmm. seem to be able to do that. Yeah, but like. Obviously, uh, our winged man is unimpressed by it. He grabs him by the back of the head, and he just starts rubbing the top of his head on a post. <laughs> so, um, so that's like the top of the head is the kappa's like main weakness, actually. Mm-hmm. So I'm just imagining. I'm imagining how much this would hurt if it wasn't my weakness. If it was, if it was just like a normal person, like if he was just doing that to me, and then. Yeah. Extreme oh my god! Yeah, extreme the noogie, and it catches noogie. fire. <laughs> yes, yes, the kappa ignites from the noogie, and he's he's like, okay, I'm obviously outmatched here, and he takes off, and he goes for help. And, and here we see uh, more of our yokai friends from before, from the previous movie, who we only caught a glimpse of. Yeah, uh, I mean last first. Time. First, of course, we have the Umbrella Monster, who was sort of our main yokai in the first one. He he got a lot kind of play, of, yeah. and he's sort of big in this one too. But now he's part of the ensemble. Yeah, he he gets to he gets to be heroic in this one too. Yeah, uh, and we also have uh, the long necked lady, uh, Ro- uh, Kubi, I believe, Rokurokubi, I, I believe, is the more like Rokurokuti. <laughs> she is great cute. i i'm a big fan i love her and it's it's, it's the whole gang from the previous movie like not yeah all 100 uh, monsters but everybody there's we got a, a good big head at. guy there's little the marsh goblin thing. yeah <laughs> yeah like what is that guy he's like a bag he's just sort of a gray bag <laughs> he, he looks like a penis he does look a little penisy but there's that part where someone steps in him later yeah, yeah. And I, I can't think quite it's like figure a... it out. He's like an evil sack. Not evil. I mean, these guys no, are no, not, not evil. evil. These guys aren't evil. They're just well, like they're they're like fey folks. They're like mischievous spirits, but right. They just happen to be on the side of good today. Yeah, and it's not even that they would even be on the side of bad. It's just like uh, they're they they do good deeds to people who are good of heart. Yes, <laughs> and they do punish the wicked, as we saw. Well, they're only dangerous if you're bad. Yeah. Uh, And they live in the graveyard, of course. So that's where they're all hanging out. And they they do not believe the Kappa. Because, like, we have these complete guides to all Japanese monsters. This guy isn't in there. So I'm sorry. I have memorized all of the advanced uh, (laughs) myths and folklore monster manuals, the volume one and volume two. And your homebrew creation is simply too OP for this setting. Yeah, it's like he he doesn't exist. Nope, nope. It's not a homebrew. It's from the new edition. Check the check the overseas ones. Well, and they did need to check the overseas ones. He, he's a did, Babylonian yes. monster. He's just not yeah. Japanese. I don't know why they didn't figure there could be an outside monster horning in, in their territory. Maybe they, maybe the scope of these gods is limited that they don't know there is an outside of Japan. Maybe. Because they are like very local gods. Yeah, household demons typically. Yeah, That's true. so it's, it's like only the strongest of them that even, that 
knows what's going on. I guess so. But some of them have a lot of really big, interesting powers. Oh, yes. Uh, but we'll, we'll get to some of those as, as they come up. Uh, but back at uh, the, uh, what you call the... The, man, the manor? The manor. We see Chie being rendered unconscious by some smoke. And her maid, Shinobu, is hypnotized. And this is sort of where Shin Pacino gets in on what's going on because he watches her go to the Lord Magistrate, the the hypnotized Shinobu. And he goes to wake up Chie and's like, I'm gonna investigate this. This is weird. So the the Lord invites him in, but it's like, no, Shinobu hasn't been here. <laughs> and it immediately turns out that she's dead. So it's like oh, of course. Mm, this guy's uh definitely killing servants. <laughs> yep. So he needs to consult a spiritualist and he calls this guy uncle. I don't know if he's actually supposed to be his uncle or if it's just sort of an honorific. I kind of got the feeling that it's like the same way we might use Gramps. Yeah. But like more honorable. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking too. This guy is great. This guy is like so intense. And he's like, this is definitely a demon. Uh, and it's already taken the Lord Magistrate. Uh, it can't be exercised. He's definitely already dead, so we totally have to kill him. <laughs> and he's shouting all this stuff, too. All of it. Very high volume, high energy. Uh, the whole time, he's, like, chanting. He's got his arms spread. There's a fire. He's, oh, yeah. It, <laughs> when he actually tries to do the exorcism later on, he, well... We'll it doesn't go happens. great. It doesn't go good. But like he he's also like, I, I don't even have enough power to do most of this. I can give you this protective charm and the charm is very important, but you need to go find the Buddhist monk and he'll tell you how to kill a demon. Oh, yeah. I, I, I didn't register who the Buddhist monk was here. I don't know. If I he... thought he was the Buddhist monk. Yeah, I, I, I didn't. I don't think we ever saw another Buddhist monk, but we do see... Uh, Shin Pacino doing a bunch of stuff for a while, so I don't know. Maybe we just he does that off screen. Uh, maybe. But like um, the protective charm, and he's like casting a bunch of extra protective spells himself. Uh, he prepares the jar, uh, which is very important, which is the binding spell that he's working on. Oh, I missed it. That's where the. That's why there's a jar. Okay. Oh, so, somehow I didn't. He's like casting a whole bunch of spells. He's he's getting prepped for uh, what uh, Shin Pacino is going to do. I think the idea at this point is just his thing is he knows how to trap it. But you're going to have to get a hold of somebody else to kill it once you've got it trapped. Yeah, so, so he's setting up like the Ghostbusters trap. Yeah, basically. The containment unit. And while he's casting these spells and just screaming and sweating and... Uh, just having this whole intense experience, we we cut to the Lord Magistrate and Saheji inside, and he's like, "Yeah, you know, I think it might be a fun change to start eating some children. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Adults are boring. I'm yeah. tired of them. Let's get eating gather some lots children. Of let's let's start stealing the children and eating them. Uh, so clearly, a lot of time has passed. Like, mm -hmm. I I really have no idea how much time is taking place uh, in this movie because we see evidence of significant amounts of time passing like this and specifically in circumstances relating to them eating people yeah but, it's, it's really hard to say because i i had been under the impression this all took place 
in like a couple nights, but that's it couldn't be. It couldn't be. <laughs> it couldn't be specifically because of these things, but there's nothing else that would suggest it doesn't because uh, we're spending our time with the monsters and it just does not matter how much human time takes place in their world. I guess, I guess it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, because we don't really cut to daytime. We don't really cut back and forth or anything. And yeah, that that's got to be what it is then. Yeah. So. Uh, while they're discussing this, the lights go out, and I think this is the priest trying to do whatever he's trying to do directly, and it doesn't work out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so this is where... It sort of works on Saheji. Yeah, well... He starts to oh, no, choke. Yeah, yeah, he starts to like, choke like uh He's having like he's some noodles or something. Choked. Yeah. yeah, but it doesn't affect the Lord Magistrate at all. So obviously the clone body the the second soul body is more prone to magical attacks yeah so like the 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 main one i guess the main body is in the lord magistrate and and we do see that the later on the clones are weaker Mm -hmm. Uh, but but uh, lord magistrate being completely unaffected he just uh you know, backflows like, this uh, this spell. Yeah, he, he like the, so Shipachiro uh, takes has these three candles that he sets up that are supposed to weaken the the demon and does not work. He he nope. basically just scares the candles into submission with his nasty vibes. He's just got like gesture powers. Most of his stuff, yeah. like it, it is the force kind of thing. You know, the the it, force it really is the force kind of. Yeah, he he just does a, a gesture and uh, shit works out for him. Yeah, in, in this case, the candles just go out. Yeah, and the spell kind of feeds back to the priest and he just gets fried. Oh yeah, he got lit on fire. Yeah. So it doesn't work out. The The first no, attempt not. is is not a success. Obviously, we need the yokai to do something because these humans are just not fit to fight a monster. Yeah. So Heji is going out on a child stealing expedition. So we see a couple little children uh, who are going to be our important children characters very briefly, uh, who sort of set the yokai path in motion. Because, of course, they didn't believe the Kappa. So they've just been totally oblivious, just hanging out in the graveyard and uh, however long this has been going on. uh, They're just not bothered. It's nothing to do with them. I, I, yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I suppose Until so. The ch- yeah. So we we have Uichi, this this really big, fat kid, like really chubby. Uh, I hard to discern how, the the age. He's just like a, a large brick of a kid with an incredibly tiny little sister. Uh, the <laughs> notable contrast, and they escape and hide in the monster shrine, and they're the ones who ask the yokai for help. Yeah, and, so, <laughs> and yeah, this, is, this is where I was like, how much time has passed? Because they're like, this has been going on long enough that many servants, quote unquote, have been taken and killed from the village and like have been turning up dead. And like when uh, Saheji showed up at the house, they knew they were coming to take the children away. So uh-huh. the children killing portion of the plan has already been in motion for a while at this point yeah Ooh. yeah that's um 
or at least or at least they've put two and two together and figured, oh, now he's coming for the children because he's not satisfied with the maids anymore. Maybe or something. Who knows? Maybe I feel yeah. like the, the children have been dying for a while. And obviously it we see a that. collection of them there when ultimately we get back. Oh, uh, yeah, ones that's true. Who are waiting to be devoured. Yeah. But yeah. of course, now that there are children involved, obviously a yokai will always help and believe a child. Yeah. They might play a trick on them, but you know, they're, they're going to help out a child in need. Uh-huh. And of course the cap has got to be like, Hey, you assholes fucking believe me now. Told yeah, you so. Told you so. <laughs> uh, so we've, we've got a couple other ones who are named. We've got Albuzu and Ungaikyo and they just show up and they're like, Oh yeah, we know who this guy is. <laughs> he's diamond. He's bad news. Don't fuck with him. Yeah. Well, he's an ancient Babylonian demon. That's why he's not in your guidebooks. You idiots. <laughs> But we gotta fuck with him, because if he's allowed to do whatever he wants, he'll give all the yokai a bad name, because they'll think he's one of us. Yeah, he's gonna put, like, a bad spin on the name of Japanese demons everywhere. This isn't kosher. So, we're gonna have to band together and take care of him. But first, this group of thugs, let's just deal with them, just for funsies. You know, there's a <laughs> warm-up. A warm-up. <laughs> So so what we just saw of like the humans, that's the last time the humans are gonna or this is about the last time the humans are gonna do anything relevant. Yeah, pretty much. All the rest of this is going to be interactions between the monsters and the humans, or just the monsters preparing to do things. Uh which is great. Cause like uh, I, the last movie we were like forty five minutes in before we saw a monster. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, maybe even longer. Like it was only the last fifteen minutes that we got the the hundred monsters. Yeah, and we get the the monster conga line again in this, but we also get just a whole bunch of other stuff. Like they're having their own scenes. They they're all characters oh, yeah. with ideas they, they, and lines. It's great. Yeah, they all get they all get their chance to try their shit against the monster. Um, yeah, they get to play their pranks. Uh, I love the pranks they play on the guards here. Yeah, so like first one is this gray bag-like thing that someone steps into. And it's like, oh, my leg, my leg. It's like, I wonder what is happening to this guy's leg. Is he eating it? <laughs> I'm not sure what the penis does. I don't know what he is. I wonder if he's like supposed to be sort of a fake rock that's like, uh, like, a, a, a like you step spirit. into him and then like, you know, it it, it consumes you. You know, like Maybe. a quicksand sort of demon. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's cool. Uh, the umbrella monster is playing the shoulder tap gag on someone. It's fun. <laughs> I love the way this guy moves. He, the umbrella monster is so adorable. Uh, always licking people. Mm-hmm. Uh, is this one where he's like doing the licking game on the one? Oh no, that's late. That comes. That's later because that's when the other guard is trying to play a trick as well. <laughs> That, okay, that's the one I love. But like the whole monster council, basically, they they reveal themselves. They they have surrounded the whole uh, child stealing gang in the tall grass. But they're like not even like even at this point, they're just like not here to kill. We're we're just gonna scare you. It's like never do evil again. Now, like tut tut. <laughs> we know you've been like murdering all the town's children, but you just run along home now. <laughs> all right. No more murdering children. 
but okay. go butts. Stop it. Stop it. Gonna but stop he, it? But, like, this is where we have those guards, where, like, one of them is trying to play a gag on the other one. <laughs> I, I really like this guy's line. It's like, hey, doesn't it seem like a strange wind is blowing? <laughs> I really like that line. A strange wind is blowing. And I guess it's because he's trying to spook the other guy because he starts flopping the this, like, rectangle of, I don't know, raw chicken or tofu? To- am I... Uh, tofu would fall apart i think it's probably like some oh, kind of it looks like tofu though like yeah. it's, a, it's a or it looks like a sponge maybe it's just like this fleshy rectangle that he's like hanging on a hook and he just like plaps it on either side of his face <laughs> yeah and the guy the guy like freaks out and the dude's like haha i'm playing it or the dude's like haha then the umbrella guy uh, licks the dude who's playing the trick. Yeah, he, he licks the prankster's neck. <laughs> <laughs> and then they both, oh, oh my god, oh, jeez. Yeah. And, and, the, and the, the guy who got pranked sees the tofu on his, on his stick. He's like, okay, see, this is proof you're just messing with me. It's like, no, I was messing with you before, but I actually got licked. No, you didn't. Fuck off. They they really like to play the Michigan J Frog type routines because like uh, the the Fudakuchi Ona the the yokai with the mask on the back of the head oh uh, yeah, she does her. that in a minute too <laughs> yeah she, they they play that prank with these same two guards who are like oh wow the person in there's like super pretty well they they show up as a posse. Like they're they're pretending to be the the guys who are out stealing children. There's like, okay, we we've come back with some children to do menial tasks. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And it's like, okay, we we got to perform our inspection. Uh, and yeah, so they they do the Michigan J Frog thing where like <laughs> the first guy looks in and it's the the spooky long nosed mask head. I think the nose has a hand at the end of it. I think so. Yeah, and I don't know what that one is. And the guard does like a Luke Costello routine. He's like, yeah, 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 And like the other guy looks and she's just pretty. It's the it's the pretty phase. And then the other guy looks again. It's like, no, what's pretty about that? And then they both look at once finally. Yeah. And. She she reveals it and they both faint. <laughs> <laughs> and I what I would say is the coolest shot in the whole movie is just the yokai all kind of unveiling themselves and they just seem extremely badass for a moment is like they step out of their human disguises. Oh yeah. <laughs> like like the suicide squad or the hero teams getting doing just- like it's so cool because it's just silent, you know, they're they're all in these human suits and it's just like they shrug out of them and like, all right, on to business. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's so cool. So we see this room full of crying women and children. This is the 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 waiting to be eaten room. Yeah, the uh, yeah. The... And uh, the 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 Futakuchiana goes in and she's like, OK, I'll lead you guys to safety. And everybody else disguises themselves as the women and children. So this is more of that shape shifting ability that everybody has. 
Yeah. Uh, what I love here is that she shows her like human, her pretty human face to people so that they're not scared of her at first, which fine. Okay, cool. Mm. But then as she's leading them, like they see the back of her head and nobody comments on her scary monster face. I mean, I guess they're, they're, they've been waiting to be eaten for a while. They're, they're willing to go with anybody. Yeah, I guess at that point. And like the guard is just rendered asleep briefly while they're there. Or I guess he's yeah. dozing enough and uh, one something. of them is led yeah. away. Uh, they they lead away. I guess the one who is pretending to be Chie. Yeah, that's um now is that the uh the neck lady or the uh, Yeah, Rokurokubi. Okay, uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> is is pretending to be Chie and all of the rest of them vanish right in front of the dozing guard after uh she's led away. So, like, they, they don't even decide to keep up the, the sham for long. It's like, we're going to be needed for reinforcements. Let's just uh, ruin this guy's night and just suddenly all vanish. Just make him have to deal with that. Uh, yeah. Oh, what do you, I'd be waking up and be like, oh, I think I should quit my job. <laughs> yeah, because, like, you're going to get eaten. Yeah, you're going to get... You're yeah. absolutely going to get eaten. So... Am uh, I going to get, are, you failed me for the last time? Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, like, obviously, honestly, Diamond is not all that impressed with Rokuro Kyubi. Uh, she, she is not able to do a whole lot to him. Yeah, she tries to strangle him, and it doesn't work, and he ties her in a knot. Yeah, he just ties her neck in a knot, and everybody else has to show up to help. Uh, and he's just way tougher than all of them. Oh, yeah, he he, basically, he kicks their asses. Uh, Kurakasa, the umbrella, is, uh, like, badly hurt. He gets thrown through a wall. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of funny because he's on a string and is just like this umbrella. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's like, oh, no, the, the cute, lovable Bumblebee-S character has been thrown through a wall and is now damaged and has to Aww. heal. <laughs> it he doesn't quite to... come off as much with the special effects at this level, but... I get what they were going for. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he's injured his one leg and he has to just hobble along now. Yeah. And Shinpachiro saw the true face of Diamond during all of this. So he challenges him uh, in the form of the Lord Magistrate, of course. Uh, he, hasn't, he, he hasn't revealed himself to anyone. He hasn't revealed himself to Chie yet. Even though, like, obviously she's got to know. She's, she's been in the, the eating room for a while, right? <laughs> Yeah, like, <laughs> I, Dad, like, I, 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 I'm concerned about your diet lately. Don't yeah, be. It's very confusing because, like, again, we just do not spend any time with the humans. So I don't know what's going on with them or how they feel about what's happening in the story because it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, it, it super doesn't. Uh, Chie is like, hey, stop trying to, like, kill my dad in a samurai duel. It's like Although your dad's a monster. Sort of- she sort of gets that something is going on. Yeah. It's just not uh, clear what it is. <laughs> yeah. And like the monsters are elsewhere, but they're watching it because Ungaikyo is a Teletubby. Oh my, Teletubby. I had, so, oh, you... I love that because I, in my mind, I called him uh, beer gut TV. <laughs> but Teletubby is perfect. He's he is a teletubby. He has a belly that like projects television. He's got a telebelly. <laughs> I didn't know that's what teletubbies did. Uh, yeah, I I think they do. Like they have a TV in their tummy. 
and oh, and that's sure. sort of like the whole thing. Yeah, because so, that's that's this guy's whole deal. So Teletubbies are yokai, oh, which totally fuck. makes sense, really. It does, which means yokai say gay rights. Well, of course, yeah, Baba Duke, um, uh, right? So they they're able to watch because Ungaikyo has his telebelly. Uh, and they're all heading back to help right away. It's like, oh, oh, we we gotta go help out. Uh, Kurakasa, of course, has to stay behind because he's too hurt. Mm-hmm. So no, no umbrella uh, can can oh. come along in the fight. But uh, he wants to help so badly. He does. He's got fighting spirit. He's like a little brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so Diamond uh, is obviously not going to be. Uh, Fight, fought much by Shinpachiro, he just slashes the protective charm away from him, uh, and disastrously it lands on the Kappa's head. Okay, so now I understand why why they end up in the jar because okay, because I I just didn't get it somehow. It's like well, okay, I get that the charm lands on the Kappa and that's bad for the Kappa. I didn't get why that brought them into the charm but i guess that's the charm that the monk prepared for diamond which right was never going to work on diamond because right so like there it, it was just sort of waiting to be triggered and it just landed on the wrong person so like it yeah. lands on the kappa's head and they're all with the kappa so all of them get trapped in the jar yeah and and, and the charm seals them okay yeah I just, yeah i didn't get what the jar was about right like where is this random jar but no, I get it now. I get right. it. <laughs> so and and notably, Shinpachiro does have a pretty good hit here. He gets Diamond in the eye with an arrow. Special uh, anti-demon arrows. Hell yeah. Uh, given to him by the monk. He doesn't have very many of them, and uh, he doesn't get a chance to fire off another one. No, and like they, he he at first thinks it's like, oh well, I've won. Uh, because you know the the this body actually is dead. Like they they succeeded in that much, but of course yep. the trapped yokai who are all watching is like, no, no, he's still in Sahaji. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> there's two because there's two of them. Uh, yeah, kind of. Well, because like they he uh, of course uh, Kappa was able to see them split into two, so they they all yeah. know exactly the the sequence of events, and. We see Saheji go to meet the new Lord Magistrate, uh, Yori. Oh, he's like, oh, please, uh, p- please forgive me if I'm young and in- inexperienced. I'll try my best to be a good Lord. Yeah, this guy seems like he probably would have been OK, but uh, it's not to uh, be. It is not to be. Because he gets uh, chopped. <laughs> yep. Uh, much like the others, the the sky darkens with the storm immediately and... Uh, the Saheji, you know, changes into the diamond form uh, and chomps him. And interestingly, the eye injury happens on the new body, like on the new Lord Magistrate's body. Yes. Um, uh, like Saheji even came prepped with a sick eye patch for him. <laughs> yeah, it's like, here, use this. Which is super cool. It's like this really great eye patch. Uh, it, but it that's that's an interesting concept that, you know, the... The the arrow to the eye was such a devastating attack on a really sore spot that uh, it, it like perpetuates into other bodies that he takes over. If I, one might almost say it's his weakness, perhaps. <laughs> it is. Uh, so 
Kurikasa and Furukochi Ona are the only ones who are free. Yeah, and they're uh, they're wandering around. Yeah, they're they're searching for the rest of them, and they they do find the jar, uh, and are sent to warn Shinpachiro, get him to remove the cloth on the jar because if they touch it, they'll be trapped as well because you know they're yeah. also ghosts or demons. Yeah, and it, yeah, it's a anti yokai charm. Yeah. But unfortunately, Shinpachiro is arrested for the murder of the Lord Magistrate. He's like, no, you don't understand. A ghost did it. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, (laughs) I I only killed him to get the ghost out. Um, We don't buy this. Also, I'm the ghost. He's the ghost, which, you know, stacked against them. But like, even if this were just like a second Lord Magistrate... I could see this happening anyway. Oh, absolutely. It's like, <laughs> it's like no, so. I mean, yes, I killed him, but you see, uh, so there's so ghosts, right? Yeah, ghosts. Okay. <laughs> so, so the Lord Magistrate was a ghost. Do you have proof of this? Oh, not at all. I mean, he's certainly a ghost now. What do you have to say about that? And like, okay, I definitely did shoot him in the eye with an arrow, but you got to trust me. I had to do it. <laughs> it was for a good reason. It was. I mean, he, it was. High but, taxes aren't a good reason. <laughs> maybe it was. Uh, but like, yeah, I, I kind of see that this is sort of a situation where I, I don't know why he was not prepared for this to happen, even yeah. with the concept in mind that I mean, like, Chie is backing him up. It's like, no, no, this was my father, and I am going to tell you he needed to die. <laughs> but again, yeah. you know, these things happen. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And, of course, he is ordered executed. Uh, but that doesn't happen right away, right? The first yeah, no, the yokai no. start showing up. Or, or no, the yokai... Uh, the, uh, they our get two Yeah, they, they get yeah. Chie. Because they know, obviously, this is completely out of their league on their own. Yeah, yeah. So, so they get Chie to release the other yokai... Yeah, and they're like, we got to get all the yokai of J- Japan together because we don't stand a chance against this guy. Yeah, and we have a game plan now. We know the eye is this weakness, so we just got to take out that other eye. Easy peasy. Easy peasy. <laughs> so like, Diamond is able to catch uh, the the uh, Fudakuchiana, and the Kappa is coming to the rescue, but like. Diamond starts a big fire, and this is when just the whole fucking conga line starts just rolling into town. Oh, yeah, the, the big yokai parade. Yeah, like, first our, our little group arrives, and Diamond just blows them away with wind, and it's like, okay, we need the whole crew. Yeah. Um, the, the fight with all the yokai and Diamond is impossible to follow so chaotic like it's multi-exposure it's all happening layered over itself at the same time we have four diamonds and they're just fighting everybody at the same time so they just make it happen through multiple exposures it is pure chaos (laughs) it's it's impossible to follow but it looks so amazing it looks great it's just like this is such a gigantic monster fight just a big giant monster fight just this is what I wanted. So I'm not surprised that this is the one that's sort of the basis of the Takeshi Miike remake from like circa 08 or something. 
which is also included in this set. So we'll yeah, totally have to the, get to it sometime. I looked at the back of the box for that. That looks like it's going to be interesting. It takes place in modern times. Yeah. There's a few clips from it in the documentary on the first disc. Uh, oh. it, it looks like a lot of fun. Clearly, the Kappa in it is sort of one of the main characters and is totally this Kappa character. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I yeah. love this Kappa. He's so much fun. Uh, there's also this really interesting monster in here that's like a huge gourd with a face. And he's, oh, he seems yeah, to be... I thought it was like an eggplant or something. Yeah, I guess. Like, I don't know what giant, he is. Really yeah, big. giant. And he is important because he's able to turn all of Diamond's fire to water. Oh, he's... Okay, so that's what's happening. I, I lost track of so much of this fight. That's like the only significant thing that I was able to pick out, and that's when all of the multi-exposure stuff starts happening. So, like, he, right. he deals with the, the wall of fire, and then just crazy battle that is Every, totally impossible to follow. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so there's four diamond clones now. Uh, every yokai is fighting them. There's uh, this... I, I don't know how to describe this one yokai. I think of him as like a marsh goblin. He, he's like this sort of little uh, squat, big-headed guy, and he wears like a grass skirt. Oh, that guy. Um... Oh shoot, yeah. I, I know Pretty major one. Of, he's one of the main guys, yeah, but I never caught a name. Uh, I can't remember. If, I don't think I did either. But ultimately, like he he's able to take out the left eye of one of the diamonds, and they they're like, we did it, we did it, but it's just one of the clones. Like, no, we have to take out the eye of the real one. We have so we have to find out which one he is first. Well, he makes it a little easy for him. Well, no, they identify oh, no, no. him, and then he's like, okay, we're going to have to... Now, my minion, grow, grow! <laughs> now, my pretty! It, it's exactly that. He, he he turns into a freaking Power Ranger kaiju. Yeah, it's, it is it is like, okay, we, we got to grow big for the climax. Like, this, this was why I was like, wow, this is really Power Rangers-y. I was like, wait, <laughs> wait, we didn't get the Rita Repulsa scene where she, like, makes it happen. Come on. <laughs> uh, well, he is Rita Repulsa. Yeah, he, he's doing it, uh, you know, he, he is on her level, I guess. But Yeah, he, he's he's the one who sends other minions. He, right. If it, if it weren't a movie. And so... Kurakasa gets to help out for the last assault. He floats up. You know, he he uses his umbrella yep. floating power and the Marsh yep. Goblin guy. Uh, yeah. They, they get up to Kaiju Eye level. Yeah. And it's like, it's all teamwork here because he gets triple stabbed in the other eye. I think five of them at once stabbed oh, him. Oh, is in it the five? Eye. <laughs> It could be five, because cause the uh, the Marsh Goblin and the Umbrella stab him. Uh, and there's just like I a couple Teletubby other flying I think Teletubby stabs ones. him and his warrior buddy does. Yeah. Um, c- yeah, because they show up on his shoulder at one point. Uh, some of the other flying ones, he... Well, Ungaikyo, uh, the, the Teletubby one, Ungaikyo, he gets stepped on and then he vanishes. Oh. And then he like appears up there, I guess. Oh, okay. Okay, because I guess happens. he uses his teleportation power and gets him in the eye. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. He, when he goes, when Diamond finally goes down, there's like, yeah, like five or six or eight spears in his eye. 
or yeah, swords or whatever. It's He's great. fucking dead. And he shrinks back down and he retreats into the Kappa's pond and the water just boils red. And then he just pieces out. Like, he, he just flies away. Like, his spirit takes <laughs> off. He's like, ah, I'm just getting out of Japan. And it's like, hey, he's getting away. And it's like, he's getting out of Japan. We don't need to deal with this anymore. This isn't our problem. I want it so bad for the Kappa to rise out of the pond with the staff. Yeah, that would be great. I wanted that so much. And just, like, do a triumphant moment and, like, and stay out of my pond. <laughs> <laughs> And then All-Star starts playing. <laughs> so, of course, the curse is lifted, and the monster conga just parties on over the mountains into the credits. <laughs> <laughs> yep, just like that. Check up on the humans. Now we don't need to do that. We're done Fuck here. Humans. This is a monster movie. And we don't. I had such a great time. <laughs> oh, I love it. This one, like, I liked the other one. I loved this one. Yeah, I totally agree. The first one was fun. This one is a blast. This one is everything I wanted the Yokai movies to be. Yeah, like it delivers everything promised. It doesn't it doesn't give us a hundred monsters. It like probably the, does give us a hundred monsters because we do have the whole conga line at the end. It's pretty much all of the ones from the previous one. Oh, yeah, it's just right. we also get to be- spend a bunch of time with some of them. Yeah, awesome. we get to we get we get to make friends with them. But yeah. yeah, this one promises what's on the box. This one gives us spook warfare. Oh, yeah. Like, the, there's, like, maybe a total of ten minutes of humans doing things, and then it's all just split up throughout the movie, and then the rest is just monster, monster, monster. Yokai. So oh, so good. And, and of course, they use a lot of the... the uh, creatures from the previous one like the the umbrella guy's the same yeah um, and i think uh the rokuro kubi is the same as well i think so too yeah uh I, she's i don't know who my favorite is i think it's her yeah she's definitely up there i really like her energy <laughs> yeah she's <laughs> and the kappa is of course I think so she's much such fun. a cutie I'd let, I'd let her hug me with her neck if she asked <laughs> The Kappa's uh, great. Uh, I love that they made the Kappa sort of the protagonist, sort of the hero here. Yeah, and then, of course, like, we've got Ungaikyo, the Teletubby, with uh, Albozu, who I think is a Kitsune. Uh, I'm not sure. I believe so. Uh, but yeah, just so many characters that you get to actually spend a bunch of time with and kind of get personalities for, which is really fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just, it's it's, you know... A classic Power Rangers beat em up too. <laughs> yeah, and, and like you get the monsters pulling their pranks. Like, of course, get, like this, you, this, a little bit of just like prank level stuff on humans, but save the warfare for the the big monsters. Yeah, this is this is what I was really hoping that the other that the hundred monsters was going to be. Well, actually, no, I was hoping the hundred monsters would be an anthology. Right, I this would have been ideal. Monsters. For them. Yeah. yeah, I just, but th- this this one delivered. This is great. <laughs> this is great. Totally delivers. So, uh, for uh, the next thing in that stack, obviously we have the next yokai movie, along with ghosts. I don't actually know much about this next one because I, I um, have really no familiarity with these prior to this. I I just I remember reading the back of the disc and yokai are saving 
young people who are on the run from some yakuza. Interesting. So, so like be... again, just like yokai inserted into a typical uh, existing genre film. Uh, so either that or uh, Forty Eight Hours, the uh, original buddy comedy from the uh, from eighty two, uh, Nick Nolte and Eddie Murphy. Not bad, but we do only have two more yokai films. Indeed, we do. So uh, yeah, we might as well leave it on there until until that's finished. All righty. So uh, any final thoughts on Spook Warfare before we head on to our second film? Yeah, Roku no Cutie, call me. <laughs> uh, awesome time. Uh, uh, Kappa is just baller. <laughs> and for our second film, we're discussing the classic monster uh, giant <laughs> the the classic <laughs> giant uh animal attack movie like it, it's sort of on the verge between a monster movie and just a natural horror movie because like it's an alligator but it's a toxic waste fueled super alligator it's big because it's of huge it's because of chemicals because of growth hormones because of growth hormones Oh, but we were trying to make stuff that could feed the whole planet, but it didn't work. They don't really actually seem to be even all that uh, quasi-charity uh, oriented. Like, oh the, the, no, they are capitalist bastards. They're like so clearly crooked in every scene we deal with anybody from this medical lab or uh, the system behind them. Mm-hmm. Well, like, we get the leader, uh, the the CEO, Mr. Slade, who looks an awful lot like Mr. Slate from the Flintstones, right down to the ridiculous green outfit, <laughs> uh, calling the mayor and being like, hey, like at one point being like, hey, I don't want people investigating my laboratory. Yeah, I mean. Uh... I'm rich, so No. What what are, what are my uh, stranglehold on local politics doing, if not that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, notably, this is directed by Louis Teague, who also directed Cujo. Oh, I don't uh, think I've King. seen that one. Uh, Stephen King, uh, giant uh, rabid dog possessed by a ghost movie. Kind of, kind of a, a similar kind of flavor to this. He also made the really awful uh, Jay Leno a uh, team up movie with uh Pat Morita collision course <laughs> what <laughs> it's very bad it's like a buddy cop comedy but it's Jay Leno and Pat Morita uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey i got a headline for you i don't wax off i don't know i don't know uh, it's very know. bad uh, I, I have seen it. I recall it being uh, kind of racist most of the time. Pretty bad. Oh, ew. That's no good. But That's alligator. Because <laughs> alligator is... Alligator uh, rules. Alligator is like... It's a brilliant piece... I don't know if I already said this, but it's a brilliant piece of s subtle, almost subliminal, satirical leftist propaganda. It's like a secret early ACAB movie, absolutely. It really is. 
Uh, This alligator loves to eat cops. Uh, Oh, he eats so many cops. And the cops Uh, in this movie are very ineffective. Well, very ineffective, except for Robert Forrester, who's just doing his best. (laughs) Yeah, but he's like he's at best a McNulty light. Yes, but in the style of a classic Robert Forrester character, he's just a guy doing his best. (laughs) Yeah, yes. Nobody's really trying to support him. No, no. Um, Well, he also keeps bothering the doctor lady. Yeah, but like in terms of his workplace, the other cops, nobody wants to work with him. He's cursed. Well, you know, he he lost a partner. Sure. In a a thing that happened. So we start out with uh, a little girl watching alligator wrestling. In Florida, on on like a road trip. And this dude is like. It's, it's exactly what you think it is. It's these these re- shirtless rednecks like, yeehaw, we're wrestling gators. And then one of them trips on the log and, of course, gets eaten by the – or his leg, like, devoured by the gator. And the little girl's like, oh, why don't you just put him on his back? He'll fall asleep. And and, and it's like, oh, she's our gator expert. She's the one who knows how to stop the giant gator, I bet. Yeah, like ultimately this little girl will be one of our main characters. And of course she has a connection with one of our other main characters, the gator, uh, because she (laughs) adopts him uh, after watching this. Uh, I really like this little trip to Gator World. This is a real Florida attraction. Uh, I I don't know if this exactly is Gator World, but it's based on a thing that does actually exist. Okay. Um, Yeah, she buys like this teeny adorable little baby gator it just looks like a lizard it's really cute yeah like (laughs) like i could see myself accidentally buying this adorable lizard putting it in a terrarium and a few years later being like you're getting a little big there buddy it's like Um, oh no i bought a dinosaur i bought an alligator i have no idea what to do well, what typically happens is people flush them down the toilet. And that, that, that was a thing that happened, and it was a popular urban legend that this movie is based on, that, you know, they get flushed down the toilet and they live on and become giant and are just, like, eating stuff and eating people in the sewers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so they get back, and the dad's all like, I'm flushing this stupid gator down the toilet. Um, it's like, what are we going to tell Marissa? Just tell her that we found it dead one day. Same thing as we did with the hamster. It's like, dude, did you flush a fucking hamster down the toilet? You're a monster. Yeah, I don't really get this guy. He seems like he's totally full of rage. But I think we hear ultimately that he just, like, died of rage <laughs> later on. <laughs> like, she she makes some reference to her dad just being gone because, like, he was so full of anger all the time that he just completely immolated himself and the mother as we will see has kind of also lost her grip yeah um when we meet the mother i actually but i actually had forgotten that we met them before yeah uh, until i looked at it in my notes because it feels because it's not revealed for a while that they're the same person uh we, we don't find out for quite a while that she is specifically the girl uh that uh, had the alligator, although, you know, it's it's in the back of your it's mind. It's very you, obvious. You kind of think of it, yeah. It's, as, as soon as her grown-up form shows up, it's like, oh, you're the girl. She's the reptile expert. You know, she's obviously yeah. got to be. Yeah, 
So, uh, yes, we've got uh, the gator flowing through sinister shitter pipes. And <laughs> and the gator always had bad vibes. Like this, uh, some even though it was adorable, just, I don't know, something about the way it looked at people. And I don't know if that's just how little tiny baby gators are, but this thing gave me bad vibes the whole time. I mean, you know, they're 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 a predator. They're they're an apex predator. They're very frightening. Like it is just a dinosaur, uh, and this is also just like a super well shot movie. Uh, the the design of it is great. The way the the alligators used, the way the prop alligators used, like the fake ones, uh, it's yeah. it's very well blended. Oh like, yeah, the animatronic they... effects are amazing when you have oh, them later on. Totally, there's some really good. Uh, hiding alligator effect shots mm-hmm. um yeah so we cut to 12 years later uh so i guess it's 1980 right after after the gator has been flushed and we've got this guy who we find out here as a cop uh robert I didn't, Forrester. Catch his, I didn't catch his name i just got him written down as mcnulty yeah uh although it took me a very long time to realize that was almost the kind of cop this guy is I was trying to think, like, this guy reminds me of something, but what? His uh, character is named David Madison. Okay. So he's buying this puppy from this kind of shady weird pet store guy. Um, <laughs> yeah. I got him written down as Nedry because of his shirt. He is Nedry-esque, and, yes. And he's very, he's very Nedry. He works for the bad guys but he's so he thinks he's hot top shit but he's so low level and he doesn't have a clue what he's actually doing and he's just kind of a scumbag yeah yeah uh he doesn't last as long as no he does not no even but he, close. he he does kind of go out in a similar sort of fashion oh the exact same way almost yeah so robert uh, so, forster is picking up a new dog because yes. his dog had disappeared and it's clearly oh. because uh, this because like he, he mentions that uh, his dog was stolen while he was inside uh, a convenience store and it was chained oh, up outside. Shit. So clearly this pet stop owner or pet shop owner, uh, from what we learn of him later, took the dog and gave it to the medical lab. Which ended up getting to the gator. So this right. guy has a connection to the gator, too. Indeed. My dog is in your mouth. <laughs> My dog is in your gator. Uh, but yeah, so clearly, like, it, it, all of this does tie together. But the, the, this guy is a real scumbag. His whole thing is he has this crooked pet shop. And he also, in his spare time, goes around stealing people's dogs and uh, giving them to a medical lab. Uh, which is crooked, and it pays him under the table. Yeah, he he kidnaps people's dogs and sells them for money. He's like, he's like a dog version of Burke and Hare. Yeah, or he, this he's, guy's Doctor Knox. Yeah, and uh, notably, we find like it's it's before they go into the sewers that we find the results of one of the dogs, right? Uh, like we yeah, we find. Because... A, a dog that has been through the sewers and through the gator to to some extent, because it's part of a dog. Yeah, because what we end up what ends up happening is uh, the guy is investigating a homicide because they find a dismembered limb in a pond or a reservoir or something, and they also find a dog. 
Mm-hmm. And this one lady's like, it looks exactly like my dog, same markings and everything, but my dog was just a little tiny puppy. And, and this dog, of course, is like a big by big dog standards. Yeah, like I, I can't remember. I, I think she said it was a Pomeranian. So like it's supposed yeah. to be like a little Pomeranian, but you know, yeah, a little it's, tiny it's, thing, but it's like Doberman sized. Yeah, now I'm trying to imagine like a Doberman-sized Pomeranian. Ugh, that would be horrible. <laughs> Those are like the angriest little dogs. <laughs> oh man, imagine if Chihuahuas and, and like wiener dogs were like the size of big dogs. Oh, that would be oh horrible. Oh my god, <laughs> that would be the worst. Like again, it's like if house cats were the size of panthers, they would just be panthers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, oh yes. So the th- we'd have Pomeranians with the personalities of wolves. That'd be the end of mankind, I think. No, you'd have wolves with the personalities of Pomeranians. That's much worse. Oh my worse. god, that's worse! Oh, I'd rather have Pomeranians with the personality of wolves, actually. You're right. Yeah. Uh, would you rather fight a hundred wolf-sized Pomeranians? <laughs> <laughs> or one Pomeranian-sized wolf? Wait. I got that wrong. Whatever. 100 Pomeranian-sized wolves? I think the Pomeranian-sized wolves. <laughs> so, oh, interesting note. This victim's name is Edward Norton. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, right. Um, and, and we saw him get munched by the alligator. He was, like, a sewer worker. Yeah, yeah. So it's mostly, mostly At sewer first, workers we're seeing, missing. Yeah. We're, we're, we've been seeing a few of these guys go missing, and now Robert Forrester is kind of on to it. Yeah, so we cut to Nedry in a dark tunnel, dumping, just dumping dogs in the sewer. He's got, like, a shopping cart full of dead dogs in garbage bags. Yeah, um, because he's, not only is he securing dogs for the chemical plant, but apparently it's also his job to dispose of them. Yeah, and there's like a conduit of, I guess it's the Chicago River or something, and it's much like uh, the Los Angeles River where they have a concrete channel and outflow portions where you can go in and get into like a sewer uh, section. So that's where he's gone in, like he's driven down into one of these overflow areas and he's just like dropping them uh, from a height into the water, Uh, but like some of them are landing on a ledge and not falling in, so he has to go down and uh, move them. And, and while he's doing this, uh, you just see this this you get a POV shot. Eye. Yeah, yeah, and, and he's got to like dislodge this. I call it the dead dog dam. This, it's basically just, a big dam of dead dogs. Yeah, like this guy's been at it for so long that. So theory though. Did mm-hmm. the alligator make this nest as a trap? Oh. See, my thing with the alligator is I think the alligator is not only gigantic, but also super intelligent because it has a sense of irony. I, you know, the super intelligent alligator thing explains a lot. It's going um, after the bad guys specifically. Like it goes on a beeline to the bad guys' mansion and gets the two most bad people at the party. <laughs> it's yeah, you're right. It like it's got spoilers, on, but like <laughs> got, <laughs> much easier targets that he can go after at this party. But he goes after the the big boss who's 
in a limo and <laughs> and before that on the way there he gets like the beloved son-in-law slash asshole uh researcher guy yeah so so i you know it never occurred to me i was i was just kind of thinking like how did this alligator know to go here but i think i think you're right i think the alligator has intelligence which means maybe at least a sense of irony <laughs> yeah, she means maybe he did build the dead dog dam. That's what I believe. So I think this is a trap for pet shop guy. Uh, yeah. So and so, it works. Uh, so he gets jawsed. Yeah. Like uh, it, it's even like the alligators even got his own jaws theme. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it goes, but it's it's a jaws theme. Yeah, it, it's very jaws esque. Like it's it's from that same period. Yeah, so, um, yeah, and uh, Nedry gets eated. Yep, rip Nedry. Uh, he he needed to go. He was obviously an enormous scumbag. He kills dogs. Yeah, I, he, he, like, abducts people's pets and, like, has them, uh, has their throats snipped and then, you know, has oh them God, exper- right, tortured snip. on and experimented on to death. It's pretty horrible. Oh, yeah. He's the worst. That's- that's right. They they snip the dog's larynxes, as uh, we learn later, because that's also what we find with that dog that something had snipped its, uh, that that its throat was gone, and they were like, huh, yeah. I wonder what that's about. But uh, he finds obviously it's one of the things that puts him onto. It's clearly the animals coming from this place. Yeah. So um, so we get back to our cop who finds uh, Nedry's leg and figures out that this leg is from a different person than the dismembered limb and that they've got a serial killer running around probably. Well, and notably they fish a piece of the guy's shirt out while he's there. And he's like, I recognize that. I know that that's guy. The, yeah. That's the pet store guy. Cause he just saw him the day before. Yeah. And he starts um, to put it together pretty quickly. He's, he's reasonably sharp. He is. He is. Because uh, the next thing he does is he's already questioning our mad scientist. Yeah. Um, well, he's not mad scientist. Our douche scientist. You're just asshole scientist. Yeah. Where we learned about how. how They're working does... on the growth hormone. He lies about all of the safeguards that they have in place and all of the careful disposal procedures that they take. And it's like, what do you do if you don't have any test subjects? Oh, well, we have to stop research, of course. That happens sometimes. And yeah. we definitely don't get desperate and hire crooked pet shop guys to abduct your dog specifically. Right. And he, and then the cop asks him, like, can a dog double in size? And he's like, no, not right now it can't. Uh, not yet. Or not yet, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's, uh, I mean, uh, that's secretly what we're working on. Uh, uh, this exhibit is closed. Uh, <laughs> and, and it's also here where he sees, like, all of these dogs who are trying to bark, but there's no sound. So he finds out about, like, the, the snipped vocal cords, and he, like, okay, I see what you're doing. This is my bad guy, but now I need to figure out how to pin it on you. Mm-hmm. Uh, fortunately, he doesn't actually have to ever make that case. No, he really doesn't. <laughs> it, it resolves itself. It resolves itself. So, so our our main cop gets like super overwhelmed at a press conference with this scumbag reporter, like just tearing into his personal history. I really uh, like, like his boss. His boss. Oh, is really the chief. Fun. 
Yeah, Chief Clark. <laughs> He is such a he is such a that chief. He's in a lot of stuff. I can't. Uh, he's in the Godfather. Oh really? Like, okay. He's he's one of the Godfather guys. I can't remember. Uh, here, uh, Frankie Pentangeli in the Godfather, and he, he's just got such a distinctive voice and way of speaking. He he definitely sounds like he wants to give a loose cannon speech. Yeah. He's like ah, what my uh, what my what my uh. What my cop means to say is, uh, uh we're we're uh, searching every lead, and <laughs> no, we don't have kind of a lot to work stuff. on yet. Yeah. Uh, I got the mayor breathing down my neck. Yeah, he's he's completely that type, but he's such yeah. a great guy for that type. Like, mm-hmm. One of the greats. So yeah, the the uh, scumbag reporter who just looks like he's covered in grease. Yeah, uh, is just like. Hey, uh, your partner was uh, was shot. Aren't, doesn't that mean you're like a bad cop or something? And uh, yeah, he knows all about yeah. his past at his previous job, and it's why all of the other cops. It's it's basically just an info dump for us to get an idea of uh, why nobody likes Robert Forrester on the force. Yeah, because now he's asking for volunteers to go with him into the sewer, uh, and I just figured no people didn't volunteer because they didn't want to go in the sewer but right yeah <laughs> they're all like uh, they all have their excuses one guy's doing paperwork which means throwing paper airplanes and he and uh blondie's like yo i'll go in the sewer with you because fuck everything yeah this guy's so weird he's just got this really bizarre energy he oh, just like oh, i forgot about the suicide bomber oh yeah that's right he is kind of important Kind of. It, so at least su- it ties into the conclusion. It ties into the conclusion. Well, my theory is that the suicide bomber was sent by Mr. Slate to take credit for the killings to divert suspicion away from the pharmaceutical company. So you don't think he was sent by the alligator? I don't <laughs> think he was sent by the alligator. Aww. Although he was wearing green, so he might have been. Uh, so this guy, he he comes into the police station and he's like, I've been the one doing all of the killings. And I'll do the same to you. And he pulls open his chest and it's like, I've got and, a bomb. And Forster's like, yeah, whatever. I, I don't need this shit today. And he walks away, which uh, leaving the which chief is, to deal with it. Yeah. Well, which distracts the, the bomber enough that uh, Blondie's able to subdue him. Yeah, and they they both like grab him and they they deactivate it. I don't think it's a real bomb. It's just a timer. It's a clock. That's all it yeah. is. It's it's just a clock, but like it has wiring. Like it, it is a proper timer for a bomb. Uh, oh yeah. As we will later learn. Yeah. Because it is later used as part of a bomb. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> Everything matters. Uh, but yeah, so. This this guy, the, this second cop, he's got just, just such a weird energy. I, I really like yeah. him as a character. I, it, it's kind of too bad he's only got this one scene, but he's also just strange. Like, I don't get his deal at any time. He, he he's it's like he reminds me of like a kid who's like, yeah, maybe six months into the job, um, doesn't buy into the whole clickiness of the police force. He reminds me of the Kids in the Hall character that Bruce McCulloch played. He's like, so, painting a chair, are you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So I guess I will help you paint the chair. He reminds me of that kid, uh, Gavin, I want to say. And like any cop who tries to go against what the popular cops want you to do, uh, he ends up getting eaten alive. Yeah, he he uh, is uh, chomped by the alligator ultimately after they do quite a bit of investigating. Like they, they yeah, look they, around they, the sewer. They oh yeah, find there's a lot the, going on first. They find the dog jam. They find the, the dog jam. They do also find a hole in the wall that the alligator made. Yeah, um, and that's troubling. <laughs> yeah. If it's big enough to make that kind of hole. Uh, and there's this whole weird period where the younger cop just disappears and is not responding. And like Forrester's looking for him. And finally, he just, he was playing a prank. He was playing a prank. He was, he was, he was hanging a tofu from a string. Yeah. But no, he, he like comes up. They even for like for the prank, they even do the jaws cam for it, like full dedication POV shot. He just comes up behind Forrester and just grabs his nuts from behind. He's like, like, I could have shot you. We're on investigation in a sewer. Are you kidding me? (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to play grab ass. I just wanted to play a bit of grab ass. (laughs) Then the then the alligator does show up. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Yeah, because when they the. Uh, Forster like dropped a brick from the hole into the pond and it landed on the gator. Right. But of course it's super dark. You never know where the gator's going to be hiding. And never know. Maybe the gator can kind of teleport because I'm never really clear as to where he is at any given time. I guess he's just low enough to the ground that he can very easily travel. Like these are gross deep sewers. Like they're full of yeah. gunk. They're oh, very yes. nasty. I can just imagine. Well, like they have special gas masks for if they get to a methane patch where you just right. can't breathe. And like, it's like, hey, uh, it'll just it'll just explode. Yeah. Oh, oh, here's one of the shots. Um, the cop finds Nedry's lantern. And while they're looking at a map, uh, he's like moving around, swinging around his flashlight and briefly highlighting the gator behind him, but neither of them oh, can yeah. see it. I'm like, that's so cool. They're going to get got. It's, it's like Pazuzu in the background of The Exorcist, really. Yeah, yeah. And, and Blondie does encounter the gator. Uh, he shoots it a couple times, but gets dragged away. Uh, the cop, uh, Forster, gets tailed. Uh, the gator likes to hit people with his tail, too. Yeah, and it's really fun at the end with, with the the tail whips, uh, and and like ultimately like Forrester is up at the top of a, a manhole and like trying to get out, and like the other cop is also trying to and hanging, but, yeah, the, but the gator the manhole gets won't him. Open and yeah, his legs yeah. are dangling down the from the manhole tunnel, and the cop's trying to Forrester's trying to hold on to him while opening the manhole, and it's so tragic. Like, oh, don't let go, don't let go. And of course, the drag, the gator gets him. No. No. But of course, Forrester gets away. Yeah. Uh, and now no one will believe him. <laughs> yeah, he he wakes up in the hospital because they had him committed after he ran out of a manhole yelling yelling alligator alligator. And like, just um, no one believes that it's well like so alligators can't be as long as this one is yes um especially not alligators in captivity right 
Although this kind of isn't in captivity. <laughs> well, it's also not in its natural habitat. It shouldn't be able to get as big as it is unless it has a like a steady supply of food in the form of mutant dogs or whatever. Juiced up dogs, yeah. yeah so yeah. fortunately so, this one does. Yeah, so the chief is like, you're off your case. Uh, and you're getting you're a psych evaluation. And, and, and like, they, they also decide to go talk to a reptile expert to like yes. like listen we'll we'll talk to this rex, reptile expert and she'll set you straight because we we see her on tv and she's like well they they just don't grow that big yeah and, and so the chief is like in love with her immediately oh uh the the reptile expert you mean yeah the the chief just oh, immediately yeah. is like oh this lady yeah i mean she's she's obviously going to be the the one to save us Oh, oh, that kind of in love, I thought. I, I don't know, like, kind of, like, he's just obsessed with her. Like, the, the chief <laughs> just immediately takes to this lady big time. That's true, that's true. Because it takes a long time for Forrester to warm up to her. Yeah, I didn't want them to. I didn't want them to get together, and I knew they were gonna, and it yeah, upset it's, me. Yeah, it's very tacked on. Oh, yeah. Ultimately, when it does ha- happen, but it, it seems more fun, like... Well, you know, it, it is the thing where obviously they have to have the antagonism and then grow to like each other, but it's it's just weird because oh, it's so it's, so extraneous. Yeah, like there's no reason for these two characters. They don't have chemistry. They no. they would not like each other if they. There's no. I don't I don't like it. I don't like this relationship. But yeah, she's basically like, no, no, it's not a gator. You're obviously crazy. It can't be. It's impossible. They only grow this big. Um, in a sewer, they would not be able to get anywhere close to as big as you're talking about. And, and just but, no. It's it's weird because at this point he is already aware of the growth hormone thing. And I, does he yeah. mention it to her as a possibility? I don't think he does. It's weird that he doesn't bring it up. So yeah, nobody believes him, and then and then he finds a newspaper about how much he sucks. <laughs> because <laughs> from, that reporter guy from the greasy was, reporter who has given him trouble. He look he reminds me a lot of Mike Damone. It, it's oh like my God, yeah. Mike Damone, boy reporter, uh, and he's just a sleaze ball, and he's like <laughs> digging up about his past, and he's gonna look into this alligator thing. <laughs> yeah that's right because <laughs> like he's well, a character we don't like so he needs to uh go visit the alligator or be well, visited by the alligator well yeah he wrote up a thing about how he's got two partners killed now mm-hmm. and i don't know why he was investigating the alligator though that no. just seems weird um i think he's just I he's just he's following investigating up the killer because like we know the killer operates in the sewer. It's obviously not an alligator, but I can milk this crazy cop angle for longer. Because we see him like positioning like the boots that he finds in the trash to make like the ideal. Yeah. Uh, like he yeah. he like he he finds stuff and like he's clearly staging the scene. Yeah. Um, and then he finds uh, rats the- eating a dog corpse. This this. A lot of dead dogs in this dogs. movie. Yeah, no. If you Rough don't like dogs. a dog. Yeah, so he, he takes a bunch of pictures of that. 
and uh, and meanwhile the gator is stalking him. Yeah, the, uh, the gator finds him when he finds the dead dog. Like I, again, the the dead dog almost seems set up as bait for the photographer. <laughs> Maybe it is. It may be. And then like he's he's shooting pictures while the alligator munches him. Yeah, which uh, is good because the camera is the only thing that survived and the camera survived perfectly. Well, I think they find some pieces of him. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I, they I, usually I, find chunks of people. They, they just don't yeah. find much of them. Yeah. So <laughs> the guy who develops the photo from the from the camera he looks so much like fat bastard from austin powers <laughs> everybody in this movie looks like something and but most of it is something that came way later than this movie so they see that it's like pictures of a gigantic gator and immediately the cops are on board with this gator thing like full mobilize everyone it's like oh we got a gator now we need to kill the gator well now there's proof now there's photographic proof I just feel like they wouldn't be that quick to jump on a gate, like a gator story, and they wouldn't. But it ate a cop. This much force. It ate a cop. Oh, you, yeah, you got a right. cop killing gator. Oh, you're right. You're right. And also, uh, the gator likes to kill white collar people, as we're going to find out too. Doesn't much. I don't. It doesn't really eat poor people. You'd think a sewer gator would have. Tons of homeless people to chew on, but he doesn't. Yeah, there, there's Never that one unfortunate it. child uh, who, yeah. who, who who is a, a victim of circumstance, but mostly he tends to go for people who it's uh, kind of fun to get karmic retribution. Like that, that's what I mean about him having a sense of irony. Uh, the the gator mostly goes for people that the audience wants to die. <laughs> and the doctor is still denying that it's an alligator. Like, no, it can't be that big. Like. Like, come on, it's not a gator. Well, yeah, it's just like there's just no way that that can happen. He still kind of hasn't sprung on her the growth hormone thing, I guess. But they bring in Henry Silva as (laughs) expert, uh, just big game hunter. I really love Henry Silva and stuff. And this is just him in one of his fun over the top roles. (laughs) This guy's great. He's like super racist and sexist, but like in that old English, like hunter type way. Yeah. He's kind of like, they, they just slot Craven the hunter into this movie, which is just fun. (laughs) uh, And he's like, just obviously a fool. Oh yeah. Yeah. So they've got like this big operation going on uh, at the foot or at the end of this tunnel. Yeah, it's it's again the conduit, uh, the uh, like the, uh, I, I I presume it must be Chicago River or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something it's, like that. Uh, it's it's an outflow, and they're going into the sewers and uh, sending a bunch of guys in to make noise to flush the alligator out. Yeah. So, um, but like this is a huge deal. The mayor shows up even, and and it's it's like this is. Just, a really cool looking setup because like they've got all their chairs and desks and everything, but the whole thing is under like three inches of water and it just looks, I don't know. I, I, something about the way it looks like just partially flooded, just really, 
I don't know. Flood image trees. There's something about it. Submechanophobia. What's that? Submechanophobia. Fear of submerged objects. Uh, yeah, no, I, t- I, I totally dig that stuff. Uh, and and that's, that's sort of a whole thing. Uh, and yeah, they, they have all of this stuff set up. They're waiting on the outside. They've got the they've got a truck they've got a bunch of armed people they've got like bazookas like yeah we'll we'll rocket launchers we'll take this thing out take it out the american way the american cop way but somehow it avoids them oh yeah because the gator is super smart it is Uh, yeah so uh yeah they they all come out of the tunnel like hey don't shoot we didn't find the gator uh, the whole thing was a bust. There's no gator down here. And that's because the gator broke up through the skywalk to scare some children. Although that seems to happen afterwards. It's it's breaking up through the sidewalk after this. I don't know where it is during this period. Maybe it's hiding up a pipe somehow. Uh, it just be. seems to be able to do this. Yeah, um clearly not bothered by the sound in any case right and like it bursting up out of the sidewalk is a really great effect they use some really cool miniatures they use like an actual alligator for some of it so but just like using a a miniature set or like a small set to make it look like it's a 36 foot alligator instead of like you know a a real one like regular sized yeah so so the kids uh are there's these kids like playing in the street. They they're fleeing from the alligator and run around a corner. Uh, cop nearly hits the kid and slams on the brakes and smashes into another car, and the cop car explodes. Like this cop is just driving like a complete idiot. He's like just <laughs> flying around the corner at high speed and just like everything goes wrong. Yeah, and the cop gets eaten. Of course, and then. Uh, the the alligator ends up hiding out in a lake at first, right? Uh, I think it's a lake. Or like uh, a I pond never... in, in the middle of a big park. I think, yeah, something like that. A lake or a pond. Um, oh, we get a scene of the mayor breathing down the chief's neck. Of course, because there's it, yeah. it's not quite the Jaws thing of, like, you know, keeping the beaches open, but he has a big party planned. Yeah, yeah, a big party because... And like, I want you to deal with this so I can have my big... Uh, it's like an engagement party. Well, it's Mr. Slate's son, uh, the, sh- the douchebag scientist... Well, the son-in-law. Married, or son-in-law, rather. Getting married to, I guess, Mr. Slate's daughter, who we don't really see. Yeah, we never get her at all. In, and, like, he mentions specifically, like, he's my golden boy, I'm betting everything on him... Yeah, he's just really obsessed with this guy who's going to be his son-in-law to the point that we have no idea who the daughter is. He doesn't care about her. This guy is way more important. Oh, yeah. And the mayor basically just wants uh, to ride on Mr. Slate's coattails. um, Yeah, like he seems to be paid off by him. Yeah, well, Mr. Slate's like, I decide if you win elections, basically. He basically says that. Well, Chicago is one of these uh, political is, uh, fixer towns that that yeah. like goes way back. Um, yeah, uh, we see we see cops like just going around the pond in a boat, uh, setting off explosives, trying to scare it out. 
Yeah, uh, we we see the hunter guy just being sexist and shitty to everybody he meets, uh, and people are selling gator merchandise at this lake. Just tons of it. Uh, like like it, a whole a whole industry has just like suddenly sprung up overnight in this neighborhood. Yeah, and uh, and some creepy old man wants to sell McNulty a baby pet gator. And he has and the guy arrested. He has him arrested, yeah. He's like, ferries him over to some place and, and continues on. Uh, and I think ultimately the way the ga- the gator finally reveals itself later that night is at the party, right? Um, well, there's there's like a Halloween party before that uh, where there's like the, the kids. That's what I mean. The, the, oh, the, oh, that party, this, yes. That party. He's in the backyard. He's in someone's backyard pool. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh So there's a couple kids dressed as pirates and they're making some poor little kid uh walk the plank into the pool and uh sadly he is munched by the gator. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um I don't think that happens for a bit yet. Is that not no well? I I no. fear it's like I know that's like Maybe that's sort of what here. kicks off the it the is... gator rampage on its beeline back towards the mayor's party, which is like yeah. the next day during the day. Uh, well, we still have to have McNulty uh, show up at the doctor lady's home and finally bring up the growth hormones. Okay. Wow. <laughs> so I, I hate, Oh no, he bothers her at work here and mentions the growth hormones. And meanwhile, we've got our hunter finding a gigantic gator turd. Oh right, because he gets munched somewhere in here He's first. He's gonna as get well. munched first, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but here's here's the part where I had to pause because I was just laughing so hard. Because uh, we we show we got a news report of cops going door to door, I guess, to look for the gator, <laughs> and we show them knocking on the door of the house with the address thirteen twelve. Yeah. I just, and I'm like, oh my god. Only a few people got that in the 80s, I bet. Or or maybe it was a big thing back then, and I don't know, because I wasn't alive. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but this uh, is written by John Sayles, who, a uh, pretty great filmmaker. I mean, notably, he did Madawan, which is, uh, you know, a, a movie about evil strike breakers and stuff. So, uh, okay. you know, I, I, I think uh, definitely intentional there. Yeah, right. So they, uh, so McDulty and the hot doctor go to talk to the evil doctor, and this is where he's all like, "Oh yeah, well we we just stop." For, or no, what is he? I don't know. There's there's a lot of people talking to each other. Uh, McNulty gets kicked off the force because he pushed the pharmaceutical company, and now he gets now that he's not a cop anymore, he can actually save the day because. Cops can't do anything right. Yeah, well, he's he's too constricted by the force to be able to do anything for this. Yeah. Uh, and like uh, the the cops are also sort of in the pocket of the pharmaceutical guy. Yeah. So as soon it's like as soon they were they all had like kill the gator, gator fever, gator. Oh, wait, this traces back to the pharmaceutical Let's leave the gator. He's only just going to munch on minorities anyway. It's probably fine. 
it's it's like what people it's what happened with the pandemic as soon as they realized that um it wasn't going to hurt the wealthy people they're just like fuck it who cares or or when they believed that uh but yeah it's it's sort of a whole thing where they are all in the pocket of the bad guy. Like, there, there's a good reason why I brought it up in connection with Serpico when we were talking about it and why it was connected in my mind with Serpico when <laughs> when we were of. talking about it that week is because and, and it's why I was thinking that it was New York, except it's, you know, it's it's the same sort of draft, but it's Chicago. It's just like, yeah, everybody's for sale. Uh, obviously, the the whole force is corrupt and you have all of these systems in place. Uh, that are like there's so many scenes where we get the scientists talking about like oh yeah i mean there are all of these regulations and procedures that we have to follow uh but we know they're just not following them yeah we we have to follow them or bribe people to look the other way so we're definitely acknowledging the the procedures one way or another yeah um, so McNulty steals the the bo- the clock thing and some actual dynamite from the evidence room after being mm-hmm. kicked off the force. I guess it's just really easy for ex-cops to get into an evidence room. Nobody even cares. I mean, in 1980, probably. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Oh, God, yeah. Now him and the doctor are exploring the sewer and oh yeah, the, and the doctor finds a dead dog half buried in the wall with just its collar hanging out. Yeah, so it's really gross. This look, this was put there intentionally. There's no way that dog accidentally got there. Yeah, no, it's it's supposed it's, like they they do say that they think it's a gator nest, but I feel like it's a gator trap. Like the the gator yeah. is setting up traps, booby traps, to alert it when people are in its lair. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the sewer worker guiding them, he just bails. He's like, I'm done with this. Yeah. Uh, oh, here is the mayor's party. So, yeah, the uh, mayor has just this big outdoor garden party, and he doesn't want anything to mess up his important day. Or, or rather, Mr. Slate. The mayor's just Slate. nobody at this party. Right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, the mayor's mayor. a functionary. He he's paid off by Mr. Slade, uh, Dean yeah, Jagger, the, classic the, actor. Mr. Slade is like trying to tell a story, and, and the mayor's like trying to mm-hmm. be part of it, and he's just ignoring him. It's like, dude, you're nothing. You're just a mayor. Get out of here. I'm a pharmaceutical CEO. I'm trying to talk up this young lady, even though I'm incredibly, just visibly, horrifyingly old. He's trying to pick up some young woman and like the mayor is just trying to be a part of the conversation. Just, like <laughs> yeah. every time he speaks, he's like, why just like, are you entering this conversation? I'm yeah, trying just, to talk up this lady. Yeah, just gives him a look and then the mayor just doesn't pointedly get pointedly turns his back to him. And oh, somehow, yeah. somehow Forrester and uh, Madeline, is it Madeline? No, Marissa. Marissa, yeah. Marissa. Somehow they've... Oh, it's somewhere that the gator eats the kid in the pool. Right. Uh, it's it's somewhere in there that the gator eats the kid, and it's from that that they figure the trajectory of the gator is towards the mayor's house, or not the mayor's house. The is it held at the mayor's house, or is it the pharmaceutical? That's got to be the pharmaceutical guy's house because it's nice. Right. It's his big mansion, and it's like, oh god, the gator's headed right for them somehow. 
I don't know. It doesn't matter. The gator's headed right for them because it knows that's where the bad guys are. Yeah, but first, McNulty and the girl got to fuck. Well, sure, because it has to get there first so it can wreak total havoc. Uh, And I really love the scene of the gator arriving at the party. Like, it first does take out a couple poor waiters, but just it wading through the crowd and flicking people just head over heels through the air with its tail. Yep. So much fun. Just people just flying through the air at this party uh, and it's snapping people up. And it, of course, makes a beeline for the scientist guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, but first it's got to get our hunter guy. Uh, oh, so yeah. It, right. Yeah. That's, the, that's also part of the, the night before. Uh, yeah. So the hunter goes up to these black kids and is like, as a good hunter, I must get help from the native people. And it's like, oh, my God, that is racist as fuck. Like, holy shit, dude. Wow. Uh, But he gets got, so, you know. Yeah, immediately, because the alligator has a sense of irony, and it it, it swallows him up. Uh, I think, does Forrester end up with his gun or something? I don't think so. Uh, The kid takes his gun and tries to shoot him. The hunter used all the ammo. So the kid just books it, and that's the last we see of that whole part Mm. of the story now we're finally at the party and uh, yeah yeah the gator just comes in and he makes a freaking beeline uh for the dude the mayor and then finally uh, or like for the for the son-in-law uh and the mayor yeah consumes the son-in-law of course necessary or or like rips his arm off i think yeah something like that and then he Uh, like is bleeding to death and uh then just Slade, oh, like instantly takes off. He's like he he gets in the back of the car. The mayor wants to get in the car with him to get away. And he away. just locks the door. He's like, no, uh, uh-uh, no. Uh, but there's like four seats in that limousine. I want to put my feet up. <laughs> it's completely a Mr. Burns thing. It's like I would like to keep my feet up. And the 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 alligator just heads straight for this guy because again, it knows who the bad guy is. Of course, it does. It the alligator is the protagonist here. It's the hero, um, except for all the children it kills. But you know, and dogs. But well, it it doesn't kill the dogs. It eats dead dogs. Right. That's how right, it gains right. its power. They're like right, he's spinach. Oh, my God. He's not even (laughs) abducting the dogs. The alligator did almost nothing wrong. I mean, the alligator is just a force of nature. Yeah. Yeah. So what he does, uh, first he takes the mayor and tries to smash the window of the limousine with the mayor's head. And when that (laughs) doesn't work, he just smashes and crushes the limousine with his teeth and his tail and his body and... Mr. Slate is crushed to death, blood coming out of the limo. It's like the alligator and it was like playing the car in like a Street Fighter 2 match where you have to like just destroy the car in between. Uh, It it just like has to make total destruction of the vehicle with uh, Slade inside and we just see blood coming out the doors. Super great. Really funny. Yeah. And uh, McNulty and shows up at the girl's house, the doctor girl, and meets the mother who just talks and talks and talks and talks and talks. She's very weird. Uh, She definitely seems to be not altogether well. 
it's not yeah. totally clear what her thing is, but like she's totally into them as a couple, sort of. I don't know. Yeah, she's very scattered. Because it's like we're gonna go up, we're gonna go upstairs now, Mom. Don't forget you have school tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm the teacher though. Hmm. Um. <laughs> okay. When does McNulty get to the barbecue? Uh. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. Somehow, at some point in here, McNulty and the doctor show up at the barbecue and go into the sewer to chase or face off with the gator or or something like that. Oh, right. I made a note here that the gator, once it's done eating the rich. Oh, here's where. Okay, so they set a trap for the gator uh, and McNulty made a bomb with the the timer. Yeah. Yeah. So they get he gets they go into the sewer and he gets He's getting stalked for a bit, but he gets the gator to eat the timer and then runs away to a manhole cover. But call back. This manhole cover won't open. Well, because some stupid lady has parked on it because she's stuck behind a street cleaner, was it? Uh, like a garbage truck or something. Oh, yeah, just a garbage truck. That's right. And and yeah. she's she's got a tire right on uh, the 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 manhole cover that he's trying to get up. Yeah, yeah. So the lady. But Marissa like, is on her way to that manhole cover because they planned ahead for him to come out there. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait uh, I basically, believe it or not, I've actually skipped over a lot of the Marissa and McNulty shit. There's so much more that I just didn't even because they're just going off about each other's backstories, uh, and it doesn't have anything to do with the Gator. But yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, so I, I glossed over them planning this thing because. It got lost in the bad romance. But yeah, so she's like, just, just back up your car a couple of feet. Oh, I can't. The garbage truck just... So she gets in, pushes the lady over, and drives the car away just in time for McNulty to get up, um, explode the gator, and explode the lady's car, presumably killing her in a burst of flames because <laughs> she wouldn't move her damn car. The end, basically. <laughs> basically. And and the chief is all like, and the chief is like congratulating the cop, like, when did I ever doubt you? And it's like, the juicy rehiring back on the force for you. <laughs> but we, we cut to the sewer and another gator. Another baby gator. Baby gator. Dun, dun, dun. And there is a sequel, of course, uh, which yes. I which I did watch this past week, uh, and it's the same movie, <laughs> <laughs> same exact movie, the exact same plot. Uh, it, uh, it just moves it out to the West Coast. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about that in our third section. All right. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's fun. It's just a really great satirical creature feature like it's it is a giant monster it's also a quasi natural horror because it's like an alligator movie but it's a super alligator movie but not quite a little bit of a police procedural it is yeah it's just not quite as like uh it's it's not quite to the extent of like a sci-fi original or an asylum blockbuster type you know there are a lot of super gator type movies from them this is a higher pedigree of film. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, it, it's not schlocky at all. 
Yeah, this is uh, written by John Sayles, who I think has won Oscars as a screenwriter. It's ooh. directed by Louis Teague, who's, you know, a great genre filmmaker. You've got Forrester, you've got Silva, uh, a lot of cool people. Uh, Gazzo as, as Chief Clark is really fun. <laughs> it, it is a lot of fun. And um, I think Brian Cranston worked on this movie. It was like his first movie. Or no, he, I oh, think really? it was the sequel. I think oh, okay. his very first movie he worked on in any capacity is Alligator 2, but he isn't he doesn't act in it. He was a set designer on oh, Alligator neat. 2. Huh. Weird thing. Uh do you know who played the alligator? Was it an alligator? <laughs> Kane Hodder, who played Jason. No kidding. Yeah, so like it, in the sequences where like a person is in the alligator suit, it's Kane Hodder. <laughs> that explains how the alligator can sometimes seem like it's teleporting around. It's yeah, just got like Jason. Slasher powers. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a slasher alligator, uh, and uh, he's the only person in the cast who comes back for the second movie. <laughs> oh wow, cool. Uh, Kane Hodder returns as the alligator. Nice, nice. Um, yeah, lots of great shots of the alligator. The uh, effects it, are excellent in this movie. Yeah, they uh, they the, are. It, the blending the between, never looks bad. Yeah, the blending between the animatronics and the suits and the actual alligators uh, pretty much seamless. It just really looks great. Really excellent use of miniatures. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's a solid, it's a solid monster film. Yeah, just a, a whole bunch of fun. Uh, all right. Any last thoughts on that one before we head to our final section? I really didn't want them. I think the reason why I didn't want the cop to hook up with the girl is because we saw the girl as a little girl, but we never saw the cop as a little boy. Well, and he for some and he always oh, yeah. he is he is distinguished by being old. One of the things that they keep re- returning to is that he's going bald and like and, everybody is commenting on his thinning hairline and like him being old is very central to his character. Like his whole thing yeah. is an, I'm too I'm getting too old for this kind of guy. So it feels a little like. I mean, it is uneven, but it's like they're accentuating how uneven it is. And again, yeah, I feel like that is... He's also talking about how young she is, too. Exactly. And that's what I'm saying. I think that it is satirical. Uh, it, it's mm. it's another element of satire in this that, like, well, you have to have that romance. So they're just really emphasizing how young she is and how old he is all the time. Just to, like, give it that extra little bit of, like, juice because like well, this movie is very satirical. Because... This 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 is an alligator that knows what it's doing and is always going for the bad guys. Like even when it munches <laughs> that kid. He's the hero of the proles. Well, like when it munches that kid, it's like again, it's a sense of irony. It's these kids who are making a kid walk the plank as a joke at a party, which you know that's very silly. But oh, there's an actual alligator. Oh, the irony. <laughs> Actually, and, and you're, I, you're you're right. It's not that the gator's good. It's that the gator's ironic. Yeah, the, the gator knows, like, the, the funniest thing to do at any time. <laughs> Got great sense of comic timing. Excellent. But yeah, uh, just a really fun movie. I'm super glad that Shout Factory uh, finally just put this out. This has been hard to get for a really long time, and it's one I've been wanting to see again for quite a while. Really good. It's a definite recommend. All right on. Well, uh, I'll head on into our last part, unless you have any final thoughts. 
Uh, no, I think I'm good. All right. And of course, for our final section, we talk about uh, other movies watched in the past week and decide what we're going to watch next week. Uh, as I mentioned, among the movies uh, up is Alligator 2, The Mutation. <laughs> Wait, so it gets more mutated? No, it's just another mutated one. It's it's exactly oh, okay. the same story. Uh, there's <laughs> there's experimental animals which are discarded by a chemical company, and the alligator feeds on, and it grows giant. It's in the sewers. Uh, the difference is it's in Los Angeles, and it's 1990, and they have a much lower budget. Oh, no. Uh, we we certainly can't afford Robert Forrester. We've got Joey Baloney instead. Jo- sorry, Joey Baloney? Joey Baloney uh, is our main character. Wait, is that his <laughs> real name? That is the real name of the actor. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, It's a much dumber script. It's 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 very Jawsy. Like, the, the whole shutting down the beaches element but it's mm. the party thing. Like it's it's basically the same plot again. It's it's you know there's the party and everything, but it, it's much more mayors and jazzy. Like well, you can't shut down the beaches. It's something something. I don't know what right. party it is. I don't know. Saint Swithin's Day. Yeah, whatever. Uh, but it's it's lots of fun. You got uh Richard Lynch as uh the the surrogate. Henry Silva character, you know, we got another hunter guy, uh, mm. Kane Hodder, of course, reprising his role as the alligator. Uh, Steve Railsback is in there as just one of the sinister guys. Uh, I mean, it's fun. It's uh, much dumber, uh, much cheaper, like much like crappier effects version, but it's the same movie, but stupider. Very brain melting. So if I have all if I watched the first one and enjoyed it, there's not really a reason to see this one. Uh, I don't know. Probably not back to back like I did, but it's still <laughs> you, you would probably enjoy it, but like in a completely different way because it's a stupid version of this movie. So, but, so we it's a good thing that we didn't that I didn't decide to do both movies for this week's episode. There wouldn't have been much to say. Like they would have had to have been combined into one discussion. I feel because oh, it's, yeah, it's just like parallels. Great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, next up is Teenage Exorcist. Uh, I can think of two things wrong with this title. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let me guess. One, it's not no a teenagers. Teenager. Okay. I, two, I'm pretty sure none of the characters are. Two. Uh, there's no exorcist. No exorcist. Uh, there is a girl who gets possessed like in The Exorcist. It's sort of like I, I take the title as meaning it's a teen oriented version of The Exorcist. Uh, oh, I would have called no. it Zombinatrix because this lady becomes possessed by, I think, the devil. And uh, she becomes a dominatrix in leather and like is leading a bunch of zombies like okay. to do her bidding like she you know she's she's a dom for all of these zombies right uh, right i thought i thought zomba matrix was oh your matrix no zomba matrix <laughs> oh oh <laughs> if you take the red brain you will awaken or no you will see just how deep this graveyard hole goes <laughs> so it's it's brink stevens uh is the possessed girl 
Uh, she also wrote the movie and is the star. It's also got Eddie Deason as the pizza boy geek. Because, like, Eddie Deason just always plays a geek character. Eddie Deason always plays Eddie Deason. Are you familiar with him? I, I can't put a face to the name, but I bet I know who you're talking about. He's such a type. He's kind of like the original nerd. He goes all the way back to uh, the first Zemeckis movie, I Want to Hold Your Hand, where he's just the the most obsessed geeky Beatles fan. Okay. Uh, but he's in lots of stuff, and he's always playing exactly the same character, and he is playing that here as the pizza boy who for whatever reason gets enlisted to help them because they <laughs> try to call an exorcist and they accidentally call the pizza place and they send him. <laughs> All right. We got a customer needs an exorcism performed. Uh, uh, I don't know how we're going to do it, but you got to do it. The, I mean, we don't want her going to head office. It's a very shaggy phone gag. Uh, that that gets in there like it's it's very hacky shaggy comedy most of the time it's very strange uh All right very low budget very like borderline shot on video kind of it's it's in that region uh next up the evil dead Ooh. you know classic uh sam raimi's debut picture brought us the great bruce campbell his royal majesty I don't know if it's this one or the second one that I saw. I've definitely uh, seen Army of Darkness, but I've only seen one of the first two, and I don't know which. Was it a comedy? It made me laugh at times. Because the thing is, the first one is a horror movie, and then the second one is a remake as a comedy. Hmm. So this original one know. is a horror movie. It, it is played pretty much completely straight. It's just it has kind of the punch of uh, uh, an animated movie. Like it, it's got the comedic and explosive action timing of something like a three stooges short or a wily e. coyote cartoon, but okay. it, it's more splattery. Like it's really gonzo, uh, really bloody tons of goop. Uh, and, you know, but you know, the, the basic concept, you got the book of the dead, they find yeah. a tape recording and they play it and it, the guy read the thing on the tape, so now they're cursed as well, even though the guy who made the tape has already been killed by the curse and, you know, the whole thing. Okay, yeah. Uh, it's great. It, it totally holds up. It's just, you know, it's a total classic. Cool, cool. I also watched Evil Dead Trap. Now, is that related to Evil Dead? Because I I haven't heard of this one. This is... So this is a Japanese movie, or actually a Hong Kong movie, I believe. Uh, but it, no, yeah, it's it says Japan home video. Uh, so, I, it has a very similar energy to Evil Dead, and I I feel like it's sort of an urban riff on the same concept because like you can't really go to a cabin in the woods in Japan, but you can find an abandoned factory. Okay. And uh, it's the this this uh, reporter receives a snuff film and they go to like she goes with her investigative team to go investigate uh, this factory where they believe it was filmed. And then there's uh, just a, a supernatural 
demonic presence inside the place that starts picking them off one by one. Uh, it's very splattery. It's extremely brutal at times. Uh, quite gonzo body horror. It, it goes sort of like in an Akira direction at the end with like just a, a big goopy thing birthed out of another being. Oh my uh, goodness. All right. It's, it's notable as a category three film, I believe, which is like the, the really extreme high end, not so stuff. Okay. Uh, quite a thing. Uh, next up is the channeler, which is like, it feels like if there was a 90 minute R rated episode of, are you afraid of the dark? Like it has the tone of like that crappy badly made. It feels like an episode of, are you afraid of the dark? Except sometimes there are boobs and people swear. And sometimes there's like, people on fire and stuff uh it's got dan haggerty uh very famous as uh uh, what's the name of this character uh like famous mountain man character not jeremiah jones but some oh grizzly adams oh grizzly Grizzly adams Adams. okay dan haggerty is grizzly adams uh and he's basically playing if grizzly adams was a paranormal biologist (laughs) he's this Random mountain man who has this deep biological background, but he, like, is researching cryptids. And there's a Lovecraftian monster that's being channeled into this dimension through a possessed hitchhiker. Which sounds kind of cool, but lo-fi feeling like an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? (laughs) It's very ambient. (laughs) It's, It's weird. Like, it's an incredibly cheap movie. Uh, the Channeler and Teenage Exorcist are the complete filmography of one Grant Allen, or uh, Grant Austin Waldman. Can't uh, say I've heard of him, but if this yeah, is all those are made, the two films. That that'd be the two. Uh, the, those are uh, a double feature together on this one disc. Okay. Uh, next up, Hard Rock Zombies. Uh, I would not call them really hard rock put hard rock in some heavy scare quotes there. They're kind of more of like a glam rock, uh, maybe Motley Crue esque at best. They, they, they do some ballads and it's like, it's kind of a mix of things. It's like if Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like the family from Texas Chainsaw Massacre were Nazis and like the grandpa were actually Hitler. Oh, because that's that is the plot there's there's this guy he's literally hitler and he has this uh family of uh mutant children who uh kill for him and they they run this little small town uh and it's like the little town from footloose they ban rock and roll when these you know hard rock guys come into town and they murder all of them uh in retaliation like this religious fervor or whatever and of course they rise from the dead because this guy found a baseline that resurrects the dead uh, and you know they they come back and yeah. you know they, there are also nazi zombies because they the this song they've recorded is just playing all the time and yeah you know they they play a big concert as hard rock zombies obviously and fight off nazi zombie attacks uh, yeah it's, it's a bug nuts thing and meanwhile, Hitler is getting all upset about the rock music going, I used to lead an empire. Yeah, basically. Uh, strange movie. Huh. <laughs> all right. Uh, next up is Human Animals. 
this is one I talked about a little while back. Uh, it's the end of the world as we know it, but our threads are fresh. Uh, the, it's like it starts with, you know, uh, nuclear war. Uh, we see a big mushroom cloud and we zoom in on the wasteland and there's three people just on a pile of like ash. Uh, and they are completely unscathed. They don't have a scratch. Their clothing is immaculate. And they're uh, all that's left of the world, I guess. And they uh, are shown their way into a sort of Garden of Eden by a large dog. Uh, nobody ever speaks in the entire movie. There's this girl and her brother and this third Lothario in red pants. Uh, and there's just tons of sex and violence and people constantly laughing because there's no actual dialogue. So they just like have scenes where they grunt at each other or laugh at each other. It becomes a little unnatural over the course of uh, 98 minutes. It's very gross at times. It's super weird. Uh, absolutely. Everybody has sex with everybody else. Okay. Uh, that includes the dog. Uh, oh. It's very violent. Uh, and it's just, bizarre like it's just a really weird thing huh. uh and last is beware children at play uh oh. this <laughs> I, I like the art for this it's like that uh uh like one of those yellow diamond shaped signs with the silhouette and it's like a child coming up behind a lady with a knife yeah so this is a killer kids movie We've got a tribe of cannibal children in the Jersey Pine Barrens. Uh, and there's there's not a lot to it. Uh, it's pretty much all about the final scene. Uh, it, th that's what this movie's entire notoriety uh, lies upon. So spoilers. But at the end of the movie, the adults uh, massacre all of the children. And they're all played by, like, actual children. So it's just, oh. like, this really crazy lo-fi uh, child massacre scene it's an early trauma film uh, and it's oh. it's it's quite over the top and ridiculous uh it's <laughs> it's very silly uh very gross uh but like totally fascinating that one scene is justifiably legendary hmm. okay. but it's slow getting there the acting is unbelievably bad and like the score is just so cheap and chintzy, like the crappiest synth music. It, it really gives a weird vibe to the final scene with just like this, uh, you know, cheerful mall synth. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah. So those are our picks. All right. Well, it was pretty much a given. I was going to pick evil dead. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of a weird bunch this week, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, although like I am curious about Evil Dead Trap, and on a different week I might have picked the Hard Rock Zombies, but right, yeah, <laughs> Evil Dead uh, is is a classic, and yeah. if you haven't seen it, it it really is kind of worth seeing. It's it's sort of a fundamental of the genre. I'd say it's really important in terms of the energy it brought to horror. Okay, okay. Yeah, I won't know until I plug it in if this is the one that I saw or not, because right. it would have been such a long time ago. All I remember is uh, Bruce Campbell, like a deer is making, like all the deer heads and stuff on the wall are making That's like two. 
Oh, that is two. That is and two. And he's like, and they're laughing at him, and he just goes nuts and laughs with them. That's two? That is definitely two. Okay, okay. Well, yeah, we've no, solved uh, the mystery. Yeah, so this one is much more of a straight horror film. Yeah, because I, I remember, like, I remember so little of it. But well, yeah, This guess, is one I've seen. Yeah, I, I've seen this one many, many times. Uh, it's, uh, like, the, the Evil Dead trilogy is... Uh, pretty fundamental to me in terms of my horror appreciation, much like the Friday the 13th series. So, yeah, well, uh, for, much to for talk me, about. The Army of Darkness is the one that I watched over for me and too. over. Um, Army of Darkness was definitely the first one I saw, and it's totally the one I most connected with. But I saw Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2 quite a lot as well. Well... Yeah. Well, All right. Yeah. Cool. I'll, I'll so, look forward to seeing this one then. Yeah, I'm. I'm interested now to that hear we your know thoughts I didn't on see a it. first viewing. Yeah. Okay, so for our additions to the main stacks, uh, first we have As Tears Go By, uh, first in the Wong Kar, or the, the Criterion World of Wong Kar Wai box. Okay. Uh, so it, it's a box of all of Wong Kar Wai's films, and this is his first one. It's about a Hong Kong triad romance thing, uh, but uh, Wong Kar Wai's thing is, is always just deep romantic longing that's sort of the mood that governs all of his movies so even though it's a you know triad film it's all about this guy who's just trying to deal with his really unpredictable brother who's a triad and sort out his love life cool uh i have not seen this one i've seen pretty much all of the other ones all right a really great filmmaker uh if you haven't seen his films there's some of them that i'll totally recommend when we get to them all right. Uh, next edition is Deadly Force, starring one Wings Hauser. <gasps> oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Playing Stoney Cooper, a former cop, <laughs> now private investigator. Uh, and he is the only man who can stop the X-Killer. Uh, the X-Killer? He's a serial killer who carves an X into the forehead of each victim. Kind oh, of generic. Charles Manson <laughs> just escaped from him. That's why the Manson killed. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, next is Action Point, which is like a jackass movie with a plot. Seeing posters of this some at some point in recentish memory. Yeah, this isn't that old. Uh, th- this is about. Action Park, you know, the amusement park, Action Park. Yeah, yeah. It's like a fictionalized version of that with Johnny Knoxville as the guy opening up the place. And it's it's a mix of things because it's like it has a plot where they're like pretending to build this park. But it's also jackass type stunts where they where they do all of the rides in Action Park. You know, Johnny Knoxville doing the rides. I hear it's pretty bad. But I had to see it because I, I'm obsessed with Action Park. All right. Uh, next up is Pathogen, which is a zombie movie written and directed by a 12-year-old girl in the early Whoa. aughts. Yeah. Oh, that sounds that sounds interesting. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, just a, a basic, uh, you know, research gone awry thing and, you know, zombies in Austin, Texas. So it's a bunch of child zombies, uh, you know, going after uh, people, yeah. I guess. Yeah. All right. Cool. <laughs> it just sounds That's... really fun. Uh, you know, zombie movie made by a 12 year old. I want to see that. <laughs> I, I'm sold, actually. 
Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, last edition is It's Nothing Mama, Just a Game, which has David Hemmings, uh, just classic British creep actor, uh, as this rich sadist. And he likes to dress up his servant girls as bunnies and hunt them down with a pack of dogs on his estate. Oh, cool. <laughs> you know, just so like one of dude. these... Yeah, one of these uh, crazy exploitation things. You know, a variation on most dangerous game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so um, I have not added the yokai one into the list yet, but otherwise we have our setup. Uh, what do you figure? Well, since we're already doing, uh, well, I don't know, it's Evil Dead Zombies. I know Army of Darkness has zombies in it. Evil Dead, yeah, it's uh, there. There are zombies. Uh, yeah, there's definitely a zombie element to it. Okay. Um. Well. I you, honestly, you got me sold on the uh, on pathogen. I, I want to see what a movie directed by a twelve, written and directed by a twelve-year-old girl. I want to know what that looks like. All right. Yeah, this is from two thousand six, so uh, relatively recent as well. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm curious. I'm interested. All right, cool. So uh, I have not seen that one yet. That'll be interesting to cover. So next week, then, uh, Pathogen and The Evil Dead, the original uh, Sam Raimi uh, picture. Not the remake, which is decent. Did you see the remake? No, no. I've only seen Army of Darkness and I guess two. Hmm. Uh, and there's also that whole TV series, which I have not watched, but I've been meaning to. And the musical, like the stage musical, is apparently really fun. Uh, yeah. If you sit in the first three rows, you will get wet, is so what I hear. Get covered have in... You seen it? No. Uh, okay. You, you would probably get covered in some sort of goo. That, that's a yeah. That's a hallmark of the series, and I'd say especially two. Two, you get a lot of different colored blood. <laughs> right on. Uh, so I, I am going to be watching most of Raimi's stuff over the next few weeks, but I don't have all of his movies. I hmm. I'm not honestly a huge Raimi fan, but uh, we will be getting into all of the Evil Dead's as well as uh, the Spider-Man trilogy he did later. I really want to see how bad Spider-Man Three is. I've never seen that one. Well, when we get there, we may have to because I haven't watched it in a while, but. I remember um, it being pretty goddamn bad. <laughs> uh, I remember really liking the first two at the time, but we'll I see how well they've aged. I know the first one was I right hated around the a first one. sensitive time, so they yeah. photoshopped in a bunch of American flags. Yeah, I hated the first one, and I've never enjoyed it. But it's, again, been quite a while since I've seen it. I did always like the second one, though, for the most part. A weird series, but anyway, yeah. Sam Raimi, strange director, kind yeah, of important. Yeah. I would say, especially for Evil Dead, which changed the way horror movies felt, uh, just right. in, in well, terms of speed and action. Nice, All right. Nice. Uh, so next week, Pathogen and the Evil Dead. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, gator noises. Oh, we didn't cover the scene where the hunter made the gator noises at the reporter. Oh yeah. <laughs> He's just like goes into the microphone. He's like, and I will lure it with my mating with my alligator mating call, which is. Yeah. And, and Henry Silva makes like a, a sexy face is like, does this turn you on me making 
erotic gator noises. These are mating sounds. Uh, Henry Silva is a treasure. I would really like to watch some specific Henry Silva movies sometime. There's one where he's a gangster in Italy and he uh, runs over two guys with a steamroller like it's a <laughs> tunes movie. Uh, we'll totally need to do that one sometime. Uh, uh, so uh, thanks, everybody, and keep watching the stacks. <laughs>